And welcome to the boys of the Golden Throne. Today we've got some special stuff going on. We've got short shorts, big John West, really big right now. He keeps cutting himself fat for no reason. <laughs> hey. We've got David on here. He's going to uh, be talking about some events he's going to be running. Uh, he, they're both going to join us for some hobby talk. And we've got AJ back from coming back to Canada for the holidays all the way back to Germany. And soon coming back to Canada and, and the U.S. Yes, so he's a traveling monkey man. World traveling hobbyist. That is me. <laughs> you are our, uh, you are a European correspondent. Yes. <laughs> I want. Uh, we need like a like a little like the old timey like AJ coming in from overseas. Like a telegram. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be an awesome podcast. I just do everything over fucking Morse code. <laughs> Only like four very people me- would get it. Yeah, it'd be very Mechanicum of me. It would be very Mechanicum of you. It's just you saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Cons, 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 cons. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, and then we'll probably be doing, well, probably we are going to be doing our year-end review oh my god it's 2018 and so much has happened and oh my god yeah oh my god looking back at 2017 and and looking forward to what we're going to be doing this year it's exciting there's lots of things all the things, lots of things. okay yes uh we'll be back Our tutor, who art in Nottingham, Duncan be thy name. Our paints be thinned, our layers be smooth, on plastic as it is on resin. Give us this day our daily tip, and forgive us our poor edge highlighting. As we forgive those who bring unpainted armies, lead us not into math hammer, but fully closed armies. All praise, Nalnoil. Three, two, one. Golden Throne. We are going to start our Hobbit Talk. Short Shorts. Hobbit Talk. So, Short Shorts, we know you've got some projects going on, and you've been super hard for it, and incessantly messaging everybody. Pretty much. Yeah, won't you shut up. Yeah, won't you fucking shut up. (laughs) Whatever. Here is your chance. Let loose. Expose, Expose your boner. Well... So I've pretty much, for a long time, I only played one army. I've always kind of been like a person who plays like one, kind of like one or two forces, maybe second He's force a couple years monogamous. Out. Yeah, pretty much. And I kind of just build out the build out the one force to be Guns pretty uh, big. What's that? Guns of the short Guns. shorts, I believe, is the yeah is the, the, te- the technical term. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, so. I started um, working on a Dark Mechanicum army, and I'm super fucking excited about it. It's awesome. Brass um, so you, you've been on a terror, like just you've been painting like crazy. So tell tell the folks what what you've been up to. Yeah, so basically, I owned a Brass Scorpion, and I was uh, I had this idea. I've always loved the Mechanicum's like visual design. And I've always sort of loved the sort the sort of dark mech thing where they combine them with demons to make them even more crazy. 
And uh, yeah, I, so I had this brass scorpion laying around, and it's just a beautiful model. And I kind of, it's one of the only 40k models that I was just like, okay, I can't get rid of this because I actually love it. So I think I was with you actually. I don't remember if you, if or I don't know if you remember that conversation, but it was just like, man, I could just take this brass scorpion, I could totally just turn it into a mechanic and demon engine. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they'll probably like, yeah, add rules to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, basically, you, I just even like even if they don't, you could just we, you know, playing with us, you could just throw it in as the seventh edition rules, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 totally. Um, and I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping with book eight that that there's a chance that they'll they'll add uh, the demon engines, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so I basically just like it wasn't even finished being painted. It was just like red and black and like. I basically bought it off of uh, Todd a while ago, like years ago, and it just kind of sat there and I used it, but I never actually painted it because I was really intimidated by it. And my mom came home for Christmas and uh, it was at her house for like a year. She brought it back and I basically was just like, just was like, okay, I guess I could just kind of start testing out my white color because I'm going to do House Malinax yeah. um, or actual, actually Scora Tag Motto. Um, and I basically the the fluff is sort of going to be that it's the uh, the portion of that tag model that would be supporting House Malinax um, during uh, the Xena um, insertion. Yeah, Xena Warrior Xena, Princess. Xena. It's like X A N A. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, but anyways, so and that made sense because Scoria is supposed to be like the guy who. Uh, basically created the first Hellforges. Yeah. So the theme is awesome because Malinax, they're like their color scheme is amazing. Like I love the off white, like the like sort of like yellowish bone white yeah, thing they like got a going. On a color, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and so there's that, but also their like symbol is the scorpion. It's like the three tailed scorpion. So a lot of their like iconography and stuff is is like scorpion based. It's like I think it's supposed to be like sort of like a uh, you know uh, arachnid sort of like apex predator theme sort of stuff. So so that was obviously too. It was like man, like a squir- a brass scorpion would just fit with that theme so well, right? Oh, absolutely. It'd be awesome. So so yeah, basically I started testing it out. I started to basically just started pa- painting the like corn segment at the very top of the tail i was like i'm just gonna test this out and see how it goes painted it took me like probably probably 45 minutes just to do that and then i just started slowly working down the tail i was like i guess i could just keep doing this start slowly working down the tail and then like three days later after like three eight hour paint sessions or 10 hour paint sessions or something crazy like that it's like boom it's pretty much it's pretty much like looks mostly done it's, yeah, it looks awesome. I have, a, I have a little bit of weathering to do on it. Um, and obviously transfers and stuff like that. There's definitely some metallics that still need to be done. The bodies that are like actually in the hoses and stuff like that need to be um, uh, shaded still. They just have a very basic, basic skin tone applied to them so far. Um, I'm still going to this here. This is all going to be cut off. I'm going to cut this off. I'm going to put a... What part are you... Yeah. you- it's great radio, but what what part are you talking about here? Yeah, <laughs> the, t- the top of the tail, the weapon, the the tail, okay. the tail tail mount. I'm going to cut the two scythes off, and I'm going to cut the gun off, and I'm going to put a Gatling cannon there nice. um, from the knight. 
because I want it to look like a prototype. So my idea is that like this is the prototype to the brass scorpion. Okay. Um, and then like on here, I don't know if you if you guys saw the pictures, but I I basically took um, I I put eye eyes like above where the demolisher cannon thing is to sort of make it look like it's an automata. So I wanted it to look a little bit more like a Valtorax or whatever. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then um, I got uh, Jeremy hooked me up and sold me um, a few things. Like, a, a, I think a, a squad of uh, Ursarax and uh, some Thalax and um, a Myrmidon and then some bits. <clears throat> so basically I've just been, like, grinding, just, just paying super fast. I've got um, four... Uh, four Surrey Thalax done and three Ursarax almost done. The third one's almost done and a uh, Myrmidon. Yeah. So I've just been like painting like a lot. Yeah. So you've been making awesome. me feel like shameful of just like every morning I wake up and I've just got like fresh picks from John and it's not yeah. the usual ones of like dick picks. It's, uh, <laughs> no models. you know, a change, but yeah, a nice change. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really fun. Um, I have never really had this sort of like my sons of Horus. I definitely enjoyed, but I sort of I sort of tend to burn out on painting a little bit fairly quickly sometimes. With these guys, this theme is just so cool. It's like I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm sort of been I've been painting these guys to a pretty high degree from from my abilities. Like I've been actually taking the time. I want this army to be beautiful, and uh, so each model is probably taking me like. You know, probably about an hour, a little over an hour, just to do like a like a cyborg. That's great. So an hour took me. I painted like all day today, and I got just like base coats on eight thralls. <laughs> so that, that's fucking amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, you're you're crazy. I don't know. You you tend to highlight or do edge edge highlighting more than I do. So oh, dear. I'm not uh, even doing edge highlighting. I'm just doing fucking simple gold right now. It's just killing. <clears throat> well, I mean. I mean, with the plates on this brass scorpion, like there literally is six coats to get this white, plus the trim. So stuff like that, like that takes way longer. The actual like cyborgs, I mean, I'm just doing very small number of panels on them, so the white doesn't take nearly as long. But um, yeah. So and then yeah. So I've got I've got a whole plan for the army. But uh, the thing that I'm kind of excited about next that I'm sort of building towards after the troops is uh, I have a plan to to uh, convert up Scoria, and it's going to be amazing. I had the bits already planned out. It's going to be just the sickest Archmagos you've ever seen, dude. (laughs) It's going to be the the Bestarius crawl model. The upper body of that, the lower body is going to be the. Um, there's a Forge World like Tomb Tomb Spider, the Necron Tomb Stalker. Yeah, yeah, that. So the lower half of it's going to be that, and then um, it's going to be. I've got the base planned out because unfortunately I I chose uh, Sector Mechanicus bases and they don't have like 120 millimeter bases for that. So I need to go order one off of a third part third party site. So I have on, that. Uh, look for Dragonforge on Dragonforge's website. <laughs> I think they have something that's like pretty similar or okay. secret weapon. They yeah, I have, have I have one that I found already. Uh, I was looking at secret weapon, but I wasn't really as keen on theirs just because of the way that I've done my uh, bases is very like 
hot forge sort of like warm warm tones it's like it's like yellow <laughs> i love the it's hot, like emphasis on the hot forge like that. oh yeah no, that's so good. i want i want to have like lower air down areas that can look that warm color and then the raised areas are metallic but if i don't have the two sort of uh levels it it kind of is it's gonna look weird you know what i mean so i had to be pretty specific about the style of base that i get and uh, yeah, and then and then I'm gonna get uh, I'm probably gonna get the you know you guys have the Sigismund model, yeah. So you know the the display base that he comes with with the Sakaran yeah. chunk. So I'm gonna get that. Probably just gonna order Sigismund for that freaking piece, and uh, so that my so Scoria will be like climbing over that with his crazy like uh, centipede centipede legs. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So you could probably sell Sigismund to uh, to Jeremy as well. He has him. some of the fun. Oh, damn. I will, but I will sell sell him. Like <laughs> we, yeah, so no. what are you what are you looking for in terms of like your your list idea, like your theme? So I have two basic themes that I'm that I'm playing because I don't I don't I don't believe in sort of just like building out one army list. I feel like you should have like sort of two. Because otherwise, you're just going to have really a really boring time. But so everyone, especially in our group, seems to just play freaking Cybernetica, and I get kind of bored of that. I'm just like, it's cool, robots are cool, and I love them. But like, I don't just want to have an army full of like Castellax. Like, they're cool, but I, I just don't want my army to just be that. So, trying to trip and I'm not you. really, I'm not really <laughs> in order. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just I tell that I'm not going to have robots. I'm going to, but my um, favorite model for Mechanicum are Myrmidons. So my current plan is to do a Myrmidon cult. Um, so originally my idea was going to be uh, three squads of Myrmidons, two of Destructors, and two, or sorry, one of uh, Secutors. Yeah, uh, the Secutors all having grav guns, um, like basically four of them in a Trieros. With grav guns as my anti-armor um, because again I just don't want to just go fall back to the the traditional what everyone seems to use for anti-armor I think I think it's be more cool to just have Myrmidons fulfill that role and then uh, originally before the grav imploder nerf I was going to run two squads of uh, destructors in Creos, but now that I think that's going to be a lot less viable I'm probably just going to run them not in Creos and and run them all with either photon thrusters or one with one squad of five with with photon thrusters and then one squad of five with uh, rad with, cleansers. Uh, rad cleansers. No, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, uh, Volcate because I think Volcate's super fun. Just magnetize them like I've done. And then <clears> I'm going to yeah. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Which way you yeah, I have um, I have six grab imploder imploders in the mail and i they're gonna work fine for photon thrusters too so i'll just use them as photon thrusters now and then uh yeah yeah like it's so ridiculous like literally i'm planning this list and then like two days later the like there's like the 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 thing comes out about like oh the one weapon they nerfed in the book is like the weapon that i'd planned to use for this mechanicum army like oh okay Cool, I guess. <laughs> so that was interesting. I think but... it's a, kind of a viable nerf, but yeah. yeah anyway, it was pretty ridiculous before. <laughs> I have a mixed feelings on it, but I don't know. I feel like they're just such a heavy points sink. 
And when you compare them to like... You've been on the ass end of them from me so often that you probably wanted to to hit them back, but well, the thing is, I was, but I also when I got when I was on the ass end of them, I was never like, oh my god, they're so devastating. It was like, oh, they killed four just Aaron, and then they got assaulted and got completely crushed. Like it's not like they're like, it's not like I'm like. I think oh that's my god. more of a testament of AJ's game than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> eh, maybe I don't know five of them. But yeah, whatever. I just—it's just—I just don't think they were as bad as people were kind of making them out to be. Um, and now it's just kind of more anti-tank for Mechanicum, so yay. <laughs> but yeah, sweet. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the plan. So and then um, yeah, so I've got the three Ursarax. I don't really know where they fit in. They just kind of just Jeremy had them, and I really like the models, so they'll probably be in more of a, a secondary list thing. But um, super good. Yeah. They are. They totally are. I just don't know where they fit in my actual list yet. Uh, the rest of the list is basically for my 2500. It's like 20 thralls, um, and then uh, th- two squads of Thalax, um, one four-man squad and one three-man squad. Both are probably going to run Destructor. I'm kind of torn right now on if I want to do the Thalax with uh, a Photon Thruster or with the uh, Plasma. I kind of think I want to do Plasma because I think three shots is better than two and i think that that's kind of what they would end up going after more as infantry so um yeah i I don't know if you're gonna want to run destructor with them with only one weapon it's a bit of a a point sink oh it's the others the the other squad they're um there's their four man (laughs) strong and they're gonna have uh, a multi-melta and melta bombs with destructor all right that works yeah it's only 15 points it just seems like you know and with lightning guns like it's not bad you think about it it's like well if i shoot at a rhino or whatever destructor is actually pretty useful so yeah, in that no scenario. Sure. <clears throat> but i'll learn right i haven't played i haven't played them yet so it's all theory theory but yeah it's funny it's like all these like these like interesting ways that i've been thinking about how i can like fuck over other mechanic armies with all these like little little nasty tricks like like blind like blinding castellax and like the right of uh, dread castigation or whatever it's called, which is just super nasty. You could just completely end a Vulturax with that shit. Like, just be like, hey, you came towards me. Hmm. Roll a leadership test and add it to to a D6. Oh, you take six wounds? See you. (laughs) So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, my HQ for my my 2,500-point list, I've already got planned out, too. It's going to be a Myrmidax. Just for the coolness, like no one seems to run them, but uh, yeah, I want to I want to run the, the Myrmidax with Myrmidons and give them two photon thrusters and just turn them into a complete bead stick. So running them with the destructors or the secateurs? Probably the destructors. Um, we'll see what happens. Honestly, originally the plan was to run them with the destructors and a Creos, and now I'm sort of thinking that like because they're not going to be a Creos, I'm not so sure, but <laughs> but it'd be pretty awesome. I mean that's it's going to be an awesome conversion, and I think it should be pretty effective on the tabletop. The thing about Mechanicums, they're so freaking powerful, you don't have to take, like, idealists for them to be effective, which is awesome. You know, like, they are just a very powerful faction. And it's like, I was looking at Scoria, and it's like, he's he's overpowered as crap. Like, I kind of feel bad for, for how overpowered he is. I kind of hope they, like, up his points in the next the next book. They should. He but should be, like, primary prices. Not he really even- should, Yeah. You can make my, um, a Magos that's like way more points than he is and be way less effective. So, 
Totally. Um, I mean, it's. I think I almost think that's better than the alternative of being able to make your own. That's just like way better than the than the character version, like it usually is. But, but yeah, like with him, my way of um, self regulating myself or whatever you call that is, uh, I'm gonna run him with Domitars, and he's basically gonna be my way of justifying Domitars. Sweet. Because I want to get three of those because they're sick models, but they're they not very sweet. good on the table. <laughs> so yeah. That's basically uh, my hobby progress is is that stuff. And, um, and got yeah. any uh, got any other stuff to go over? It looks like he's got some more stuff in the show notes here. Oh, I should probably look at the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, as we said, David, we're not professional at all. <laughs> Still seems more professional than me. <laughs> I like your tree you're making. Why? Thank you. I have to make like a hundred plus of them. I'm actually oh, watching you. I was like, what? I could do that. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy. <laughs> this is, uh, we just want to do hobby talk right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're just talking Specifically. about it. That's why it's yeah. called okay. hobby talk. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think I've really done uh, much else in terms of hobbying aside from that stuff. I bought a bunch of bases the other day and realized that uh, there was no 25 millimeters in the package, which was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. you got you got like games with fucking our resident fucking cowbell troll oh i guess that counts as hobby sorry i was thinking painting talk that's what i was yeah yeah no no um yeah i played i played a couple games with julian it was awesome um that was super fun he came over on a new year's day he brought oh, his nice. uh blood angels and his death guard cool. so and then i brought my um custodes and my sons of horus so for for two games, yeah. 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 So the first one, we did uh, Death Guard versus uh, Custodes, uh, 2,500 points. How'd that go? And it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. So Julian's list was, if okay, I'll give you a general idea of what it was. It was three Vindicators with Machine Spirit and a Squadron. His standard uh, Death Guard list? Yeah, his his standard death guard list, but he also had um yeah he had a a uh, land raider Proteus with three las cannons, uh, three twin lake las cannons, and he put uh he just got some grave wardens too, so he had them running in it, um a, probably like ten terminators, like cataphracty terminators, um, mortarian himself. And uh, I think that's mainly it. That's what I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe there there was probably more like sixty or sixty tactical marines actually. Yeah, his and then I had um, list. totally yeah yeah, which seems like a pretty uh, interesting way about of fighting custodes. Honestly, um, yeah. I found it I found it really interesting. So the thing is with our group is we have had so many so few games with these custodes is like. The way that I'm running my custodes, like they're really not like they're totally beatable. They really are. Um, You're very so, good at self-regulating. Yeah, and so like my list was basically it's uh, something like I think it was eight guardians with a uh, shield captain, and then uh, th- uh, five uh, sentinel guard w- with. Um, just with the regular Sentinel Warblades with a uh, Shield Captain Tribune. No shield, because that shit's broken and stupid. 
Um, Hashtag truth. Yeah, like that that thing should just be banned. It's sleep like retarded. But anyways, um, uh, a Telamon Dreadnought, a, um, a, Gladi- a Contemptor Gladius Dreadnought, and uh, then another squad of Custodian Guard. But they, these ones all have uh, Solarite Gauntlets, or at least they did on the table. I don't have the models yet, so they're just kind of armless right now. And um, I think that was the whole list. And so, yeah, it was interesting. Basically, Mortarian is really good against Custodes. Because um, the instant death on his attacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you're not rolling the... Like, I mean, like in any conventional game, the problem with the Custodes is, in my opinion, largely, is that stupid shield. Because, like, what a lot of people are going to do against a Primarch is they're just going to tie the Primarch, Primarch down with so much 3 up rollable <laughs> that he's never going to do anything. That's you. But in that game, like basically Julian did his shadow walk, you know, Mortarian's tenant shadow walk thing, charged into my giant guardian squad. And like the first round, I did nothing, literally nothing to Mortarian. He killed like two custodes. Bless you. I got, I got really unlucky in my leadership role <clears throat> and I rolled uh, an 11, which is <laughs> great. And then I retreated, and it was very scary for a minute because I almost lost basically a 600-point unit to uh, maybe more than that to uh, sweeping advance. But I thankfully did not. Um, and then they got re-engaged in combat. And basically, so Mortarian just fought these, like, eight guardians and uh, shield captain for the entire game and just, like, sat in this, like... Eventually, Mortarian killed every single one of them, including the, the shield captain, without taking... I think he took, like, one wound... Um, but then like on the other end of the table, it was like my, my contemptor Gladius charged his, uh, got, got to his vindicators, blew up two of them in one round. (laughs) My Telamon dreadnought, basically it took out, uh, one of the vindicators and then it charged into his, um, grave wardens, killed all of them. And then it charged into a tactical marine squad, killed all of them. So that thing was just on a complete tear. Used its plasma flamer once, finally. Um, the other ta- the, the basically there was a, just a giant melee in the middle with a bunch of uh, um, sentinel guards with a huge number of cataphracty terminators. That eventually sort of led, I, I won out eventually, but it took like a long time and I only had like two or three left. The other thing about them, about uh, Death Guard, is they can get rad grenades, which is like super good against custodes. So like his his freaking power fists were actually knocking out my Ooh, my yeah. guys in one hit. Like, and that was devastating. Like it could have been way worse. I was actually rolling really well on my five up re-rollables. I was like, I just, I kept passing them on the second round. <clears throat> so, but yeah. Oh, I also had a, uh, the, 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 the grav tank. Sorry. That's the, that's the other oh, important yeah. thing. Have yeah. you, uh, is that your first time using it? No, I've used it every game. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's people who think that Telamon is overpowered. You're crazy. The Telamon is not overpowered. The Telamon is like points, in my opinion, the points are correct on it. It's an AV-13 vehicle that's 330 points and not that hard to destroy when it comes down to it. it you really know over- Every time I've played against Nikos, I've lit it up, turn one. It's a thing. Like It's like a Leviathan. You just glance it out, basically. But the thing is, and it doesn't have a transport option either. So, But the freaking... 
the tanks are insane. The tanks are just like ridiculous because like they have a flare shield, which is automatically insane. And then <laughs> they can also jink, which is also insane. And then they also have machine spirits. So the jink is there's no there's no like actual downside of jinking with them. It's 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 just crazy. So for a two hundred and thirty point tank that is fr- frankly better than a Sakaran in pretty much every way. Those are like yeah, those are pretty nuts. They're fun to use, but they definitely definitely feel like pretty pretty greasy when you're just like jink, 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 and they shoot at you. I, I'm fine with feeling that greasy now with playing after playing scars. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's a, it's a pretty and jink is very very powerful, right? It's pretty nuts. Um, yeah, so that game ended up uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, in the end, it sort of ended up being like I think I had maybe like four infantry left and both dreadnoughts. We're both down a hall point, and my warlord was down to one hall point, or sorry, one one wound. And uh, Mortarian was completely unwounded, and I was like, "There's no way," because I had one turn till the end of the game. It was like, "There's absolutely no way that I'm going to kill Mortarian." So, you know, whatever. I guess I'll shoot at him anyways. So I basically shot everything that I had left at him. Somehow managed to take him down five wounds down to one because he was already wounded once. Nice. And then I charge, and then I ta- charge him with a contemptor gladius dreadnought and killed him. So I tabled <laughs> Julian. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, man! <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was like I felt yeah. bad. I was like, oh, I just killed that. Prime. But it was also awesome. We were both having a good time. Julian is is like me. He doesn't think the custodes are unbeatable by any means, um, especially if you're not running the really broken shit. I think if you're running the broken shit, like of course they're going to be completely a pain in the ass. But if you're if you're tempering them a bit. They're not as bad. So for not sure. taking like fifteen Heteron Guard and Faldor. No, Heteron Guard, man. Like, they sh- those those should be a one one option choice. But, but yeah, like if you're not if you're not taking like a bunch of Heteron Guard, you're not taking the stupid transports that are way under costed, and you're not like just spamming the best things. You know, like three. Like again, like if you're not running three every rollable shield captains and tanking everything with them, I think they're pretty pretty manageable. I think everyone's just sort of scared of them because they're they've blown been blown out of proportion a little bit. But seeing some of the lists that I that I that I see on some of these Facebook pages, I can understand why they're being blown out of proportion because people are like W A A seeing it. Hashtag <laughs> uh, whack faggot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whack fag. Oh. oh yeah. So yeah, and then the second game was awesome too. So it was the grudge match of Blood Angels versus uh, Sons of Horus. And it was uh, Julian's. Uh, I can't. Is it Day of Revelations? That right of war? Is that what that's called? Yeah, it's, it, it's like the same one he brought the Kippers, right? With the box dreads and. It's very similar. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So six All six box dreads, like eighty assault marines or something like that. Uh, some blades of uh, salty tears, as they call them, and uh, some javelins, I think. We're in there, and then the uh, the HQ Rhino, the one that lets you not scatter. Yeah, that sounds like his. The Damocles. <clears throat> the Damocles, yep. And then my list was basically a Land Raider, a Spartan. Uh, the Land Raider had five Justerin in it. The Spartan had seven Justerin in it, and Horus. Um, and then um, I tried out outflanking. Um, <clears throat> Vindicators, because <laughs> I got some vindicators, some uh, 
some 30k vindicators, actual genuine real real 30k vindicators. And uh, and oh, and I use the Arcus Strike Tank. <clears throat> I haven't used it yet before. And I would flank that as well. And uh, yeah, that kind of went pretty. Julian didn't roll super well, and <laughs> and and his his list is like there's definitely li- like armies that that will succeed against and 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 rip apart in close combat. My super elite just Aaron army is probably not the best match for it. So Horus just basically just probably by the end of that match, <laughs> like I don't know, man. He probably killed like like fifteen assault marines by himself. Um, and uh, and then it was really funny at the, the first turn of the game. I just like popped him out of the Spartan to drop his orbital bombardment, and then the next turn popped him back in the Spartan and moved forward. <laughs> so he's just like sitting there by himself. He's like, "Hey!" Drops his orbital bombardment, drops, gets back in the Spartan, um, and then yeah, just popping popping box dreads off everywhere. Um, <laughs> And uh, the so the highlight of the game for me was uh, me and Julian were both like, okay, we need to do this grudge thing where our Praetors fight. So I have that badass Sons of Horus Praetor that I built up. I think you guys have seen him. Yeah, that newer and, one, uh, that built, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've I, he has a gold skull on his belt, which is supposed to represent a, a Blood Angels Praetor that he beat in one in in one on one combat. So uh, so basically, we were like, we're gonna do a challenge. We need to do this. We need to have a Praetor's fight. So, like, I'll I'll send Horus over here to butcher more of your assault marines, and like our two Praetors will fight. And so they initiated in the challenge. He had the blade of perdition. I had the uh, the the uh, paragon blade, <laughs> and uh, I I I rolled first, hit him. I think three times, did uh, three wounds, and one was an instant death. He failed the instant death wound. And I died. <laughs> he hit three times, and I think he wounded uh, three times. So he did a total of six wounds to me, and uh, because of the blade of perdition, and I yeah. failed uh, three of them, and I also died. <laughs> they just killed each other. I'm ninety percent <laughs> sure that it doesn't work like that. I'm assuming that it just has two wounds to multi wound models. Yeah, I mean, doesn't make kind sense of... the other way. It's a little weird, but but we're not we don't we, because of the fact that we're playing the Varangian Heresy thing though we're not we're not playing it like it, it it it's not doing like twenty wounds to a squad or whatever it's per model we're just doing that it takes two armor saves instead of one yeah I, that's fine but yeah that's I'm how pretty sure it's like if you're fighting multi wound models it does two wounds instead of one mm, yeah. Yeah, I could see it going either way. I don't think it matters that much. Yeah. I, I tend to sort of be so like... So against your Praetor, that makes sense because each wound would cause two wounds? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and I I, I, li- I sort of like to play it more like you're rolling two saves, though. I just... It, the idea, the other way just seems so crazy, like swinging... Like, like uh, the score is another example of that. Like, you could you could interpret that rule in a few different ways. But if you were if you were to play it like that against a Primarch, you'd just be like, oh, you took a... Three wounds. Take your saves. Oh, it looks like you failed uh, two, two your three up and vulnerables, and then you roll how many wounds for each, and then oh, I just happened to do six wounds to you for failing two invulnerables. It's like it's a little bit like ugh, like it's a little See, too that crazy. Makes more sense because it's, like it's a weapon that like gets inside you and then like explodes. Yeah, sure. I just, I just, yeah. I probably play it. 
I probably play it that you just take all the all the invulnerables instead, though myself. It's because I think it's a little less crazy. So uh, David with a uh, Johnny Mnemonic short shorts over here finished with his <laughs> uh, games and hobby progress, and we're watching you make trees. What have you been doing with your hobby life? Well, uh, gospel truth, my hobby life is not existent. My terrain life, though, is strong. Yeah. yeah Dude, you got to tell me how to make those that. trees, beat, bud. <laughs> okay. Well, it's honestly, it's really easy. There's plenty of videos online. Just look up uh, how to make wire trees. But I am going to be doing a tutorial video showing the process from start to finish on my uh, Invested Painting uh, Commission page. Uh, give me just a second. Let's grab what one of the trees looks like when it's basically done. Because you see the wire frame here. I don't know how obvious that Beautiful. is. But... Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I really love this compared to just anything else because you get that really nice gnarled look to them. And you can also just do like a much more standardized, you know, straight looking tree with, you know, regular straight branches and all that. But uh, this is kind of what they look like when they get closer to being done. Yeah, that looks awesome. And it's it's covered with uh, latex rubber. And the nice thing about it is that the latex rubber takes paint and primer really well. And you can... I mean, unlike these, there's sharp little pokey bits because you cut that wire. There's nothing on here, so you don't really stab yourself. And the tree is still mobile because that, that latex rubber moves, so you can re reposition things as you need to if, oh, if you sweet. see something's not quite where you want it to be. Mm. Awesome. Those look pretty, pretty good. Super so good. I'm assuming I'm assuming all this is for uh, the taking of Pyrex. I hope uh, I'm saying that correctly. You, you're, you're close. You're not the worst one at it. Pyrex? Yes. <laughs> no, also wrong. Pyrex. Pyrex. What was that? Pyrex. Yes, we have a winner. Oh. Yay. Ah, not penis. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you want to, if you want to experience the taking of uh, the taking of penis, you may uh, actually have to go down to the LBO. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but uh, mission, mission statement in Vegas: <laughs> taking of penis. <laughs> uh, well, I'm trying to think. There's there's been a lot of stuff and not a lot of stuff, and because I haven't been on here before, I don't know how far back you guys want me to go. Or oh, uh, you can just go like. You know, maybe over the last, like, I don't know. I, we got the holidays so since, like, December or something like okay. that. I, I can manage that. Uh, since December, I've been on a terrain tear, just going through, uh, painting up the buildings that I've had built for a few years, as well as working on some of the new stuff that's come through. Um, all of those photos are uploaded to uh, the Taking of Fierix Facebook page, as well as most of them are on my Invested Painting Commission page. Uh, but I've got a GW, couple GW buildings I built in Mechanicum, and then like uh, just one of those office building look. I don't know what they call them, uh, like the Basilica Administratum, I think. And there's a nice removable bridge that goes between those, and they're both done up. Uh, one is done up like there was a there's a really bad fire on the upper two levels, so there's a lot of smoke and charred uh, effect on that, um, and and just some heat damage. The other one's just kind of rusted up. Done a few more of those. Um, I painted one of the small bunkers from the Wall of Martyrs after removing like 90% of the spikes off of it. And then I did the same <laughs> thing to, uh, uh, I don't know, the Well Endowed Eagle piece, whatever that thing is called. I don't think it's Firestorm or Doubt, but it might be that really big. Yeah, yeah. Like a, the Well Endowed, you can just say that. Yeah, the Well Endowed Eagle. 
But uh, I didn't bother building the eagle, and I went ahead and just cut a circle out of plastic card with the same uh, metallic pattern and fit that down over the missile. So it, it's just a nice little landing area rather than anything else. Um, I've been working on a shitload of MDF. I hope it's okay to say that. Yeah, um, of course. I'm pretty sure we said fuck like 20 times already. Like, <laughs> Shit-ass balls. All this stuff right here is uh, multiverse gaming terrain that I need to get done for the terrain um, or for the event. I've been working oh. on uh, terrain from Death Ray Designs, uh, I, like a landing pad and some air, uh, air recirculators. Uh, I've also got a, a full set of their new Forgotten Outpost terrain that's going to be built and done up for the event. But right now that's on hold because they, have, they ran into an issue. Uh, most of these MDF guys are going towards putting their uh, instructions online so that you can just go pull them up rather than having to you know, print out instruction sheets with the pieces, which is really good. But um, the problem with that is, is kind of something that they're running into. They uploaded a corrupted file, and apparently it fucked the whole thing up. So now they've got to redo the instructions for that. So I've been waiting for you know a week, two weeks for that to get sorted out. It's, no, it's not a big deal. Uh, I've got plenty of stuff to work on, but... It is a little, it is a little sad, but at the same time, it's it's a learning curve. It happens, and hopefully they're they're gonna adjust and you know maybe maybe save some of that stuff rather than just uploading one set of it. But um, outside of that, I've been repainting some Game Mat EU industrial terrain as well. Um, Promethium Forge, another MDF manufacturer who's sponsoring the event. Um, they uh, gave me a couple sets to paint up. I'm painting uh, one up for them, and they're also interested in sponsoring the event. I need to pick up some more terrain from them. If you guys have seen... Uh, their stuff is really nice. Yes. that I'm, I'm really impressed by their stuff, and that's uh, probably the thing that's got the most response from everybody in the community. I posted the, the whips in a few different places, and everybody seems to be loving it. So the prices just, seem pretty good too. Like I was actually considering buying a buying a set from them because uh, one of their mats I really want. Oh, yeah. I I haven't looked at our. Are you talking game mat EU or, or yeah game game mat? Oh, yep. Yeah, they're those guys are great. So far, I I'm really happy. Everybody's been really really forthcoming with with wanting to sponsor game mat EU. Gave us two mats and a full tables worth of terrain, and we just wow. had to pay the tax and shipping on it. Um, multiverse nice. gaming gave us like they, they said they were going to throw in a couple things and then they said they throw in a couple extra because it was taking so long um, yeah that, you know after the the black friday deals and the holidays everybody's got to get stuff cut but uh they, they they threw in way more than i thought they would so i think we're gonna have some very happy crazy. Folks they do like fully painted terrain sets too eh? it's crazy um i don't know i haven't actually looked at it i'm I'm really bad about looking into like like pre-painted terrain. Uh, case in point, the game Matt EU stuff I've already repainted, but that's just because I, I just <laughs> think it's cool. As as a guy who's very lazy about painting terrain, it's like it's like man, you you can get like I think it was like 250 bucks, and you can basically get a table of painted terrain. It's crazy. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm just I'm just flipping through some of the pictures here on uh, on the Facebook page, and man. You, you, this stuff looks wicked. Like yeah. anyone that's coming to you. That's dope. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is really be easy. great for Mechanicum. Uh, this is uh, basically just prime black, a marble effect with one color, and then I dry brush it with steel, and then dry brush it with brass scorpion. That's it. It's a really nice. really simple effect to do. 
I really like this, um, the MDF stuff that you've got here. It's like some of the stairs and looks like barricades, the gray and the yellow toppers. That looks, yep. looks awesome, man. That is the Prometheum Forge train that everybody seems to be really enjoying. Um, uh, I've, and the, the funny thing, I threw up, I don't know if it's actually on that page, but I threw up pictures. I let my buddy borrow that the other night for an RPG game he was running because he needed some sci-fi stuff. And I let him borrow one of the mats from Game Mat EU without really realizing how perfectly those things go hand in hand. So <laughs> I've got a few. I got a few pictures on there where you see it, and it looks like it was painted for it, and that was a complete fucking accident. <laughs> nice. This is the stuff with the beer cans, right? Yep. Yeah. I I I don't have their stuff, but I bought some a similar company that doesn't make any of their train anymore, but. I picked it up at the LVO a couple of years ago, and it was like the best, you know, best building experience of terrain I've ever had. It invited my buddy Matt over and was just like, all right, we have to drink this 12-pack of beer before or during building this terrain. And yep. you, can, you can maybe tell, like, the pieces that we made towards the end of the 12-pack. The <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a good time. I'm 90% right. sure Terry has a bunch of this that he's letting us use for tournaments yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right it's great stuff and honestly for for what you get they have a hundred dollar bundle the forge uh forge of prometheus or no sorry prometheum Forge. that's the problem the, the, there's prometheum forge there that's the manufacturer and they make the beer they made this you know pop can beer can train but then you've got multiverse gaming who's got their own train series called forges of prometheus so i keep <laughs> i keep switching back and forth so I'm just trying, and I'm hand gesturing, even though you guys like don't see anything. It's like well, this box and then this thing. <laughs> We're not gonna follow you for that. No, that's <laughs> all right. But uh, no, uh, Prometheum Forge for a hundred bucks, you basically get everything that's in the video or, or in the photos that I've shown, where everything's there. But then you also get a couple extra bridges um, included. So it, it they give you a, a really good opportunity to to do some crazy shit, and I. I plan on personally buying at least a couple more of those $100 bundles just so I can do a full table of just their terrain. But uh, yeah. I'm holding off right now because I think I've got probably enough terrain to cover the 10 tables I have to build up for the event. But nice. I need I need to get stuff done rather than continuing to just make more and more and more. Yeah, nice. I, I, <laughs> I find that the, the MDF stuff is amazing. The only time where I... I don't like it as much as when you're mixing it with like the highly detailed GW stuff. And then it oh. kind of looks not that it looks bad. It just looks off from, you know, the, yep. the highly detailed stuff. But you, if you have a table of all that, you know, it's, it looks amazing. Agreed. Sure. Looks real good. And I, and I think the other thing uh, that my personal opinion, uh, most everything that I paint is usually in that, I'm not going to say hyper realistic, but that very grounded realism where, it, I do everything. It's it's rusty. It's weathered. It's worn and torn. So even if it's not you know scratched up with lots of rust on it, there's there's streaking grime and those kind of effects. And just doing that, I think, adds a lot of character to most MDF because uh, honestly, most MDF that you buy, they don't have a whole lot of detail to it. They've got some stuff that's etched in. Some of the higher end stuff may, you know, they're they're going to actually laser cut in some you know divots and things rather than just cutting circles to simulate it. But uh, really just adding that extra weathering and taking a little bit of time takes that stuff and, and pushes it way beyond what you think it could go. And I 
So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. If you've got it right next to the crazy, like if you had this next to the Sector Mechanicum stuff, it, it's going to yeah. be a night and day difference. But if yeah. you're using this and you use a few of the GW buildings or, you know, maybe some of the scatter terrain, things like that, they're going to blend in really well as long as you paint them in a similar fashion. Sweet. So how much more do you have to do you have to do or do you not want to talk about that? <laughs> oh, no, I like to talk about it. I hate talking about it, but it's good to keep me keep me honest. Um, like I said, I've got like 100 plus trees to do for the event for the three swamp boards, but I've got two friends who are actually helping me out on that. A shout out to Kristen. Shout out to Hannah. They're, they're both amazing people. Um, I've got all of that MDF terrain from uh, Multiverse Gaming for their series, uh, for the industrial terrain uh, tables. I've got a couple smaller kits from uh, Miniature Scenery. Uh, it's a little, actually, I'm kind of unprofessional. I'm going to go grab it real quick and I'll just show you guys. <laughs> you never have to uh, talk about unprofessionalism on this podcast because uh, we do not fall into that category of professionalism <laughs> so miniature scenery is an australian-based company works with mdf they do some really really tight kit designs like this one. Oh yeah I've, tim was talking about these a couple months ago I've, i was digging through their website it's super cool stuff and i just i love it and for the people who probably can't see the actual visuals here this is uh like uh, I think it's like an industrial uh, forklift. Oh yeah, call it. yeah, I've seen those. And then they've got a couple that you can buy. It's a set that comes with just some some boxes you build, and then two like small, tiny, regular-looking forklifts. But it doesn't help. Those you are prime. awesome. I primed it black, so it doesn't really help. But um, I really like their stuff for scattered terrain, and it's really affordably priced. But part what's of my the ship what's the shipping like from Australia though? Um. That's that's probably the problem is yeah <laughs> depending on what sets you buy, it's not terribly cheap because I mean if you buy something that's like you know a fifteen twenty dollar kit you're probably paying fifteen dollars in shipping, but yeah. they're just like anything if you order from enough places you kind of figure out there's there's kind of this happy spot. happy sweet spot where <laughs> you're you're getting the most bang for your buck and you're not really paying too much out of pocket on the shipping comparatively. Plus, a lot of those places, uh, if you order over X amount, they do free shipping internationally, too. Oh, uh, sweet. Okay. $700. I don't, I know, <laughs> now, now, don't quote me on that because I haven't actually ordered. <laughs> I, I've messaged uh, Miniature Scenery. I'm trying to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the event series, but I haven't heard back yet. So I don't know if that's really an option that they have. Because I, I basically just ordered two of the forklifts, uh, the set with the double mini forklifts and crates. And then they have one, uh, it's called the Hump T, and it's basically a sci-fi truck with a flatbread. Flatbread, yes, flatbreads, flatbreads. Mm. on the back. I think you're you hungry. Tell, uh, yeah, you can tell I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, it looks like really good stuff for scattered terrain for like ZM and, mm -hmm. and uh, or just Centurion. in like tables or whatever. Thank you for reminding me. I, I kind of want to slap you now. Um, I have a... <laughs> So one of my favorite MDF manufacturers, I'm going to call him a good friend because I talk to him almost on a daily basis, uh, Wargame Model Mods. Okay. Uh, I backed uh, a couple of their Kickstarters, and then I also uh, invested in their uh, – they have – I missed the Kickstarter on this. I was kind of mad. They, they call it the Maze of the Dead, and it's a fully uh, laser-cut, fully modular, magnetized 
uh, in various themes, mind you, uh, basically a qualitative product that's equivalent to Zone Mortalis. Wow. Um, it's it's really have, hard to find like full sets of ZM stuff other than Forge World itself. Yeah. And that's one of the awesome. things I love about uh, Wargame Model Mod, the, the price for the kits is not representative of the level of detail he puts into the design. Like, he should be charging at least 10 to 20 bucks more for each of those kits, um, let alone the ZM tables. Because, again, with the, with the ZM tables, he designed seven or eight different, you know, themes that are readily available, and he had even more that were Kickstarter exclusives. The ones that I've backed, uh, it's called a Nuclear Vault, and it's got a very Fallout, a very heavily Fallout-influenced theme, so I'm painting it up uh, in that, you know, I don't know really what you call it, but I'm painting it to, to kind of feel like it would fit in that Fallout universe, something like it just... Turn you know, of the Century of the, style, like... The retro future, yeah. you know, the... The bottom half's blue, the top half's gray, and you've got the streaking grime, and you've got some, like, moss in some areas and just nice. all that. So I've got a 4 by 8 table of that to build, and everything's fully modular, magnetized. You can move everything around. And the, the tiles themselves are LED backlit on the bottoms. So once it's all done, yeah, it's got this really nice glow effect that shows up. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's Butter. crazy... <laughs> yeah, if somebody's crazy, uh, you, you don't have to use what they send with. They send with it. You can buy it with with LEDs, without LEDs, or I think it always comes with the magnets. But uh, the LEDs are real easy to use. Uh, it's just each tile, one by one, has a single, um, ba- basically a battery pack you just switch on. And it's got a string of lights that come out of it, and you just wrap those underneath the tile. And you can, you can use you know, hot glue or something if you need to to stick them down. But I haven't had any issues just running them and, and wrapping them in. But uh, if you want to go crazy and you're not going to be moving it around, you can obviously do, you know, some other kind of LED wiring situation where you have... Uh, like like lights coming off the sides and stuff like that. And like Yeah, and lights coming out the sides. You could probably set it up to where you can control different areas, have certain areas flashing, maybe, you know, change the colors in between and that kind That's of stuff. So but, cool. They only flash uh, when you're on them, so you could never know what's in the next... Counts as, like, you don't know the lights in the next room. Yep, yep. Actually, do you guys want me to grab some and show you real quick? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I should have just set up in the other room. <laughs> you have two hobby rooms? Oh, man. The dream. Sort of. <laughs> I'm all ghetto and I'm sitting in yeah, my Teo's living room. Yeah, Teo's going to start start crying here soon in a minute. So much terrain in two rooms. In two rooms? I sit in the side of a living room. Teo, have you used that oxidized, uh, that's, that oxidized uh, GW color? Yep. I have. It's amazing, man. I've been using it for my power weapons. It's so cool. I like using it on terrain. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really like, nice um, I like color. I like using it as mouthwash. Well. <laughs> Expensive, but it works. Do you always use Agrax Earthshade as a tanning solution? Oh, man. The gloss. It's the Donald Trump of fucking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and right. dream. Now you're getting me hungry. Stop talking about food. <laughs> Donald about Trump, using... Tangerine dream. Yeah, using washes for tanning solution. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I'm going to move this around so I can show you. Ooh, taking oh, us on yeah. a tour. Oh shit, yeah. And like I said, <laughs> uh, 
the tiles come, everything's pre-cut, you have to set oh. them, but there's magnets that go in the center of each of those, so you can set it down. Oh, shit. Wow. You can readjust all of the walls on the tiles. That's yeah. amazing. And so the price point for this compared to the you know the actual official ZM tiles, this is, is right on par or cheaper. I believe this is actually cheaper. Obviously, more work put into it uh, to make it look good, but... Man, there's just so much that you can do with this. Um, How much other, do you do you remember, roughly? Not, I want to say that for a full four by eight, I paid maybe six hundred bucks or so, mm. maybe U seven US? at max. Uh, yeah, in US, for a four by four is seven hundred Canadian. Uh, so that would be probably like I don't know six twenty-five yeah. okay. uh, US yeah. for the and that's only a four by four. So that's pretty, and it comes really nice. so that's, and this that's is a full sweet. four by eight. Yeah, but, that's amazing. And the thing that I like this, the walls aren't fully assembled yet, and I do apologize for that. There's actual end pieces that go in, but I'm trying to decide if I want to paint them a separate color. But when those are in there, everything actually fits up flush, and there's there's no light gaps in between. But the other thing I like, is, again, uh, he's got different themes. This is just kind of a generic door that I got to to represent like an airlock. Yeah. Sticks. And then they they slide right in. Oh, and they're magnetized as well. Wow, that's yep. really cool. And, and the it, mag magnets come with the the whole system, or is yep. that extra? Yep. As far as I know, the magnets come with the whole thing. Wow. But I'm assuming that if if he's got an option to buy it and they're not included, then it's it's going to discount the price because he's yeah. like I said, he's got the option where you can get it without the LEDs. And like I said, you basically just wrap those suckers underneath there. Let me turn sure. it on real quick and see if it actually shows through a little bit. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's sexy as hell. Fancy. Mmm, baby. Maybe, maybe you, can send us a, you can send us a link of this and we can throw it in the show notes. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, uh, I can definitely do that. That'd be, that'd be my pleasure. Um, the other thing, I've, again, I've already got a ton of MDF to work on, a ton of train, but I did back his most recent Kickstarter uh, which was uh, for a, a new series of train he calls the tubular buildings. Um, very, very tubular. Very nineties, brother. But uh, I'm waiting You're on from those. California. Chabra. <laughs> Chabra. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm waiting for those to come in because I backed probably 20 buildings myself, um, plus a lot of other industrial stuff he has, and another guy. Uh, that's part of my gaming club, or I guess I'm part of their gaming club, really. Um, he wanted to get in on it, and he's commissioning me to, to build and paint it up, so we're probably going to have most of that train for the event. And I, I keep forgetting how much shit that I actually have, because I keep getting more shit, and I think at this point, <laughs> I probably, I honestly God, probably have too much terrain, because I've never, I, that's never it's not a bad problem to have. I got, I got probably seven or eight of the various Mechanicum Sector train boxes, and then I got two oh. of, the, of the big new combo boxes they put out around Christmas. Oh, so shit. I've got enough to do an entire damn like table with that stuff. Um, but what I'm probably going to end pretty up... Pretty dense as well, I would imagine, with that mm -hmm. much. What, but honestly, I don't really like most of the gantries, the, the, the second stair walk design. So what okay. I'm trying to do is find somebody who's good at doing some generic 3D design and I want them to build the exterior structure for a factory. 
And then I'm going to take that stuff and actually mount it on the inside along the walls and going across to each other. Uh, okay. Kind of like a, uh, there's a, a really big uh, factory that everybody seems to build and design pieces for for World War II, World War I, uh, you know, tabletop games. That they, they all call it Stalingrad. So I don't know if that's an actual, like, historical building. Like, there was a fight there, and this thing actually tore down the way that everybody seems to design uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, you see the movie uh, Enemy of the Gates. Yeah. It's that factory that they have the sniper battle in. Gotcha. Okay, that explains it. Because yeah. I really like that design, how it's incredibly long, and one side is still, you know, solid with the rafters going across, but the other side, the farther over you get, the more it's just totally blown out. And that's kind of what I want to do, and actually build that up like a nice fan manufactorum, have some tank parts rolling across the line in different, you know, like, oh, this is just the chassis, well, the, you know, the, the, what do you call them, the treads are over on the sides, they haven't got the sides built on yet, that kind of thing. Uh, just for for cinematic value, I'm I'm all about giving crazy fun uh, tables to play on that are arguably too dense on terrain. Um, but that's just that's just kind of my mentality. I would much rather play on something that looks realistic. Like if I was there, I'd be trying to figure out what cover to hide behind and this and that. Versus, well, I'm just going to make sure there's three line of sight blocking and some scattered terrain and call it good. We actually have yeah, uh, at the I, last tournament uh, we uh, Kippers uh, um, event. Yeah, the event. event. Sorry, event. <laughs> um, the 40k table was that like generic. You know that it's 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 a staple of like certain sets of line of block, line of sight, terrain, things like that. But as soon as the 40k players came over to all of our 30k tables, they're like, ah! and they were just like, "You play on this?" They turned yeah. into raptors. Yeah, they turned into oh. they turned into 30k <laughs> raptors. <laughs> That's uh, that's one of the things when we get around to talking about the event. Uh, one of the big tenets that I had for this whole thing is uh, terrain. I want to have bar none the best terrain at the event. I want everybody to walk over Preach. and just Preach. lose lose their shit. Praise I him. have a I have a dream. <laughs> I dream. <laughs> my dream is to one day not be able to tell the difference between the table and real life. Oh my God! Praise be He! Oh. Praise be! Man, well you're you're on your way from what I see of these pictures. Like yeah. praise the Emperor! I, I need to. It feels like we need to up our game. We do need to up our game. Like, you just made us feel well, like even, trash. Even, but we we do a good job. I we think do. I don't think we have like terrible looking terrain at all. But man, this stuff is looking awesome, man. Well, we need to figure out some way of making more money so we can just invest hard. I I appreciate, yeah. it. and that's. That's the one thing I'll be honest about. All of this has been invested in by me. It's it's probably stupid because uh, where I'm at, I'm in, I'm in Western Kansas. I live in Hayes, America, and there is we've got twelve people who play out here. If we can get everybody together, on average, we're lucky if we get four or five guys to to play every other weekend, and that's forty k. We don't really have anybody who plays thirty k. There's a one guy who has an army that's built for both. And then we've got finally a couple other people who are building up for it, myself included. Uh, and I still don't have an, an army that's good to go unless we're playing against my knights, and nobody wants to do that. So, Pasha uh, makes yeah, me sad. Knights, makes me knights are fine. Sad. I had Roby kill like four in a game. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> what. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, that's not even like. <laughs> If you if you if you run the FAQ, they're not as bad. No, but 
there's some weird stuff with them and victory points and in the new scenarios knights get hammered in blood feud each knight that dies is worth like three or four victory points why because they're a super heavy so you get one for killing any unit and you get two for killing any super heavy walker but you don't that's that's the thing right no no in the new rulebook in this price of failure included in them? No, no, no. They that's just super heavy walkers. You get two victory points per yeah. super heavy walker, plus one for killing the unit. And then if it's an uh, HQ one or a Lord of War one, you also get a plus one. So if you get, okay. take, yeah, you get, if you kill four knights, three knights in a game, there's no way he's going to recover. Yeah, okay. Now you're making me sad. I haven't even got to play with either of my two Porphyrian, and now I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, if they either die. Two. Two? Two. <laughs> oh, well, do, do we want to talk about my, my secret obsession that's not so secret? Yeah, Des. Nights, nights, baby. Nights, nights. It's, uh, <laughs> I, bought, I bought two of those the day that the kit was released. Well, technically, oh, I bought shit. one, and my, girl, my girlfriend at the time bought me one. Uh, there was a point where I had 20 knights myself, uh, not including <laughs> all of the commissions that I'm doing for knights. Uh, I've sold off a few of the uh, the first ones I did that were all random, um, different kind of free blades. The, the, the idea at first was like, I'm going to do this free blade house that's themed off of Star Wars, and they're all going to be Mandalorian. So I was using the backstory with you know the different colors and what they matter for and all this. And I started with a Boba Fett and a Jango Fett. And then I was branching out to just like a generic kind of a red paint scheme. But I ended up, like I said, I ended up repainting a couple of those and then selling a couple of them off and whatever. But now I've got, uh, I believe, I've got eight Imperial Knights that are all House Maccabeus with a ninth coming in the form of the Porphyrian that needs to get done. Um, then I've got a second Porphyrian and, and four Atropo that are all for the <laughs> uh, the custom Mechanicum I'm doing, uh, which is now the fluff for that is tied into the Ferex campaign. And unfortunately, I bought all the the Atropo back when I was uh, it was still seventh edition. I was like, yes, I'm going to get these. I'm going to use these in my tournament list because I know I, I know that there's no way Nice would ever be top tier or win anything. But there was one army that I fucking hated and I never played against and I was hoping for. Uh, you, we, there was a real problem in 40k tournament meta with the Renegade Guard armies where they would just sit back with a bunch of artillery and nothing but zombies and, and shitty little guys to block, you in, to block you from getting to them. They'd never have to move, they'd never have to do anything, but they'd take 45 minutes to an hour on their turn because of all the stupid re-rolls and all that. Anyways... I'm starting to go on a tirade, but I got four atropos. <laughs> I was like, I can fit four atropo in an army, and I don't care how many times I have to roll. At some point, I am going to drop a vortex in your face. Yeah, the first time I, the first couple games that I ran with mine, I'd been like listening to Tim from the Eye of Horus, just being like, I can never get these fucking vo- vortexes off. And in the first like three or four games, I just like rolled probably like six of them like every single time it was going vortex and yup well i think i i think i used all my luck because i haven't gotten (laughs) any vortexes in the last like couple times i've used it just blew my wad like at the very beginning (laughs) see and and then it got killed by a single contemptor a couple times too you know what you know what we uh like completely trigger aj every time you open your mouth Uh, well, see, Tim's problem is he—he's he, play. He only plays 30k, so 
you only take one atropo in most Call of your lists. Problem. You gotta you gotta play seventh where you could take you know four of them in forty k. You just couldn't take like two of them and one of something else. Everybody because they had that stupid doubling down rule. But oh, I think the fluff for them is supposed to be they're rare though. That's the thing. Like I feel like they're they're written in the in the lore as like a very like rare rare unit. I don't yeah. think you'd see uh, multiples of them very them. often. It's fine. But you, 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 yeah, that's the thing. You've got to think about it like a rare book collection. There may there may only be like forty of them in existence. Somebody could have five. Uh, you, know, you never know. Possible. <laughs> but, uh, now I, I apologize. I keep getting off track. Uh, what else for the hobby progress? Um, so Christmas rolled around, and I felt very blessed. Uh, thanks to some friends who got me some stuff, as well as some friends who hooked me up with some sweet discounts. Um, I just. I got so much, so much crap for for everything. I got um, a whole bunch for my Death Guard 40k army. Um, I got a couple of their new tanks, six of the new little dust mite guys, um, a bunch, just a bunch of random stuff. But the big thing I got was I got a terrain. So I got the two box sets for the Mechanicum that I told you about. Um, I got four Bastions. I've got uh, one of the there are new objective box sets. I've got a couple boxes of their new plasma conduits. Yeah. Um, I know I'm I know I'm forgetting some stuff. My brother got me another piece of can terrain from a company that I thought I thought was out of existence. Uh, they, they're still around apparently. Ironheart Artisans. I got uh, their complete fuel can storage set, which is that was the piece of MDF terrain that I saw uh, in a mini wargaming video way back in the day that made me start getting obsessed with MDF. I was like, what is that and where can I find it? <laughs> uh, if you, so if you guys just want like a nice one-off piece of terrain, look into it, Ironheart Artisans. It's like 86 bucks for the full set, but they've got it to where uh, the cans themselves, instead of vertical, like the Promethean Forge, they're sideways. And they've got one that it's a single can, one that it's a double can, and then one that is four. But they've got the base that everything mounts into is they look like fuel storage. And then they've got gantries yeah. that you build that go up and over those cans. Yeah, I've seen these before. I'm just taking a peek at them right now. Uh, this, like, set that comes with three of them. or mm -hmm. Yeah, super cool. I think uh, – stop giving me ideas, damn it. I'm going to have to order one of these now. <laughs> what, what You're costing us so much money, David. It's <laughs> – Come on, come on. We all know how this works. It's just like the underpants gnomes. <laughs> step one, underpants. Step two, step three, profit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, we know we're all addicted to this crazy game we call a hobby. <laughs> is it even a game anymore? Or is this just a lifestyle? I don't know. I haven't been playing many games recently. It's that's mostly true. just building fucking Same. terrain and... <laughs> and running events for me. We believe in you, AJ. Yes. Well, I'm. I will eventually start painting my stuff again. <laughs> Here comes the but, paint again. Um, really, the I think that's pretty much it. The only other stuff I've been working on is a uh, five night commission uh, for another guy that's part of the game club. Uh, five night house tearing commission, stomping through a really nice muddy uh, swamp display board. I'm going to try and get that done in the next two weeks. Outside of that, I'm sure I can think of something, but I haven't touched my Death Guard, like my, my 30K stuff, in way too long. And Blasphemous. Probably, probably not time for the event, I'm guessing. Step it up. But yeah. Well, the, the truth is, I don't even have an army to 
playing yet except for Knights. And since nobody wants to play Knights, I haven't even got my first game of 30K in. Shocker. Oh, sh- damn. So you should damn. come to LVO. Well, here's the thing, man. <laughs> if you uh, if you look at the new rule book, Price of Failures in every mission, if you just say Price of Failure on all those Knights, people probably be more willing to play them because they'll actually have a chance of beating them. And just bring that as the ringer army, man. Yeah. Someone drops on the second day. That, that's my knife, man. That's kind of my plan right now. Um, also, I <laughs> depending on how tired I am after all, because it's it's going to be some emotional turbulence for me, having never run an event of this scale before, and all my other events uh, having kind of been made, well, in my mind, major flops. Because again, our local meta, nobody's super committed. So like, I I tried to do a slow grow league in the past. Nobody really took to it. Tried to do uh, an apocalypse Gamers game. Are fickles, man. Gamers are fickle. What I found is gamers are fucking lazy. Yeah. I was gonna say lazy, <laughs> lazy neckbeard and <laughs> myself included. I know that I've gone, I've gone to some GTs and I don't bother to read the rules packet. But that's just because I, <laughs> I know I'm not gonna win. I'm just going to have fun and play and watch my knights. You know, hopefully shit kick somebody before they get blown up, which <laughs> happens. You know, fifty percent of the time. But uh. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I realized. So I've I've got a plan around that. We're we're going to be doing a video series for all of the missions. So a brief three to five minute video that people can watch to see how the mission's supposed to work, how the table's oh, supposed that's to be way. set up. So you're spoon feeding them their information. Uh, I'm making it so that if people did not want to read the packet and don't understand how things work, rather than coming to me at the beginning of the round and us wasting like thirty minutes just getting people on the same page. There's going to be a uh, UPC code or whatever the hell they call that where people can just take heard a picture. about this sort of things. Yeah, yeah this is what uh, Ryan Kimmel did, right? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's Ryan's idea, so I'm totally co-opting it. But you'll just be able to scan it with your phone. It'll take you to the YouTube page. You watch that little three- to five-minute video with your opponent, and you guys should be set. And if you have any questions after that, I'm going to strangle you politely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that sounds like a bunch of hobby, man. That's that's wicked. All all sounds like you're going for the Citizen Soldier Award of the Year. Yeah, go well, for the glory, Huck. That is part of the idea because I realized that investing and in having enough terrain and everything to do ten tables, and eventually I'm going to try and double that to twenty. Um, that's part of the idea. Is I actually want to be able to have the equipment necessary that. I can start doing traveling events and helping others with events. So if if you're running a GT and you don't have 30K, but you want 30K, then we can work something out and I can just supply everything. And if you've got missions and things you want to do, you can do all that work and I'll just bring it, I'll just bring all this. But if you alternatively, if you want to run a 30K event, but you don't want to do anything, then I want to be able to create a system for games where it's flexible but unique and we can hopefully just wrap that stuff back into the overarching Phoenix campaign. That's uh, that's awesome, man. Like, definitely helping out the community big time with that. So I'm just looking right now. It's uh, it looks to be roughly. Come on, Google, work with me. So it looks like it's about a 32-hour drive from uh, Kansas City to Victoria. Let's do it. Done. No trip. Hey, we have an airport in Wichita. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's wicked, man. That's uh, Just give Dave a call 
then you've got yourself basically a, a 30k event. Yeah, sounds like that's the plan. It's like it's like <laughs> is that kind of like man in a can, just a 30k in event in a truck? It's kind of kind of. You need to get like a sweet 80s like panel van with some nice like decorative like a 30k uni- like, art going on. <laughs> it's Horace. like Boris riding a unicorn. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yes. Because I, I want to see, I want to see Horus riding a unicorn on one side, and the Emperor riding a dragon, and they're both going up, touching fingers, crossing paths. <laughs> and then, and then mean, on the, and then on the other side, you're gonna have just a, a great big picture of Sanguinius with a single tear coming down his face. They'd be like touching talons that have like the like hook talon and like the talon of Horus. Have like this they're, touch, they're touching at the same universe form. I know. Energy. I, 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 yeah, you gonna have a bumper sticker that says a, "I honk flat. for Horus." <laughs> See, I thought about getting a tag, but you can't fit it in there. I wanted to say Magnus did nothing wrong, <laughs> but so, <laughs> someone's someone's gonna run me off the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a dirty <laughs> spatial player. Blowing your tires out. Well, sweet man. All right. Well. Teo, why don't we uh, kick this thing over to you and you can uh, <laughs> okay uh, your hefty list. My hefty list. Uh, so, uh, the holidays happened and it's always busy and ridiculous. And but so by the kind graces of AJ, he he, I got a knight for Christmas from him. So I ended up choosing the knight Lancer, and he is already built and painted. <laughs> Looks awesome. Yeah, tons of chevrons. So on it. much chevrons. I'm actually gonna it. tone down. <laughs> I'm gonna tone down the chevron love. Cause uh, yeah, why it, it looks it... amazing. Hey. I just like get a picture one morning and it's just like oh yeah, and uh, my <laughs> night is painted or built and painted. I'm like what the hell? <laughs> like <laughs> just happened like that. Yeah, I did that over like an evening. Yeah, I did my uh, Atropos really quickly. I there are actually way like easier to build and paint. Like I said, I built a knight before. And like a- so after building the Warhound, the knight was like, ha, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> the Warhound was a test. Like that was like building one leg of a Warhound was more difficult build than building the entire knight. Yeah, that, that I don't was... – I. I can imagine it. Once you've done those legs on the Warhammer, I'm, I'm sure the rest of it was pretty easy. Well, not even because you have to like, like how the pieces go together. There's a lot of like, mold, like fitting and things like that. It's just ridiculous. But either way, so the knight's built and painted, and that's ready yeah. to go. But now it's making me all confused because I don't know what army I want to bring to LVO. Because I can technically. I... Iron Warriors. Yeah, I think you should bring your Iron Warriors, man. I could. So I made up a list of a possible LVO Iron Warriors list that's just got so many robots in it. It's just pretty much robots and breachers. Sweet. Yeah. So that was yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so that was the idea of one of the lists to bring. But uh, so the Iron Warriors are done. They're like ready to go. I've like they've surpassed the points value of my white scars now. Really? Yeah. They're like <laughs> with the Mastodon at like fifty two hundred. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. And then and the knight. With the knight and the mastodon, it's like fifty two hundred. I don't bring get the mastodon to LPO. I can't. It's too many points. 
is it? Is it? I, I yeah. guess it's 3,000 uh-huh. points or more, right? Uh, it's 700 points, and the 25% is yeah. 625. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm just, it's just, just, just wow. off. Wow, wow, wow. Things, and yet my falchion will be at the LVO. That's so weird. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, so, but so the Iron Bros are done. But now they're getting some added because I had a dream about Jody. <laughs> yeah. Where we like exchanged Iron Warriors models, and then like messaged. Did you guys? Did you guys dog? <clears throat> Yeah, did you guys make out and then your beards got tangled together? <laughs> uh, sort of. <laughs> but uh, I messaged him in the morning. I was like, dude, I just had a dream that we like internationally exchanged <laughs> Iron Warrior models. And so now we're both starting projects on to send to each other. So I'll have no something. No way, for... really? Yeah. So he's going to send me something for my Iron Warriors and I'm going to send him something for his Iron Warriors. Uh, Jody's such a dreamboat. Yeah. AJ's just like, yes, we have to do this. <laughs> Sounds penal. Yeah, and then uh, so. Sounds penal. <laughs> uh, it's penal. Uh, so <laughs> that's all ready to go. I started painting more of my white scars, but I'm having a really hard staying hard time staying motivated to finish them up. Like it's been brutally hard. Like I finished my Praetor, and that took way more time than I was like comfortable doing. Got to do it though, man. They look so dope, they and look... like once you put that little bit extra of detail work into them, they're gonna look superb. They are, and but I'm just having, I'm, I'm just not enjoying painting that scheme right I know. now. I, I feel, I feel you. Wait till we get to my army progress. Yeah, and so with the Iron Warriors being done, I have to go back. But then. Our local store, because he knows that we've been doing so much narrative events and like things like that, he asked me to do a slow grow campaign of forty k granted at his gaming store. In return, he's wait, just like, wait, what, what, what game system? At forty k. In return, he's gonna let we can do a thirty k one as well. Okay. So we're gonna go. So after do this one, I'm gonna be able to do a thirty k slow grow league. He's gonna get a bunch. That's why of- I play at home. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, you need to do, you need to get support from your local stores. So, but yeah, I started no, that, sure. but because, so after our interview with Matt DiPietro, um, it kind of just really got me kicking Matt. on wanting to upgrade my painting and yeah. obviously meeting him at LVO, seeing him in LVO. So what I started to do is I started a Necron army and I'm doing the entire army as non-metal metallics. No way. Really? Yeah. yeah that looks pretty good. You showed me a picture though. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's the first it's, pick. Yeah, I will send you a picture. Not right, not right now. Actually, wait. I can good. grab the model. One sec. It's probably the best uh, model I've seen of Teo's paint, paint quality was. Sweet. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it looked like it probably took a fair bit of time for him. Definitely one thing that is very intimidating, just like that non-metal metallics. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's do some non-metal metallic mechanic, and that probably wouldn't take very long. I. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I've, the thing with starting armies is, like, you start an army, you get, like, a paint scheme of what you want to do, and then you learn, you know, over the course of, like, a year or two years that you're painting it, you learn a whole bunch of new skills, but then you can't apply them because then they'll look different. Or at least that's the way I do it. Yeah, totally. Tam's back. I'm back. So, yeah, so I started doing This is the first non-metal talk I've ever done. Focus, focus. focus. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna do the whole Necron army that way, just to, just to like 
up my painting. Like I don't care, really care how the beginning ones are going to look. I'm worried how the end ones are going to look. So what? How many points are you doing for this? It'll logger? it'll end up at like two thousand points. Okay. For the forty k game. It's not a lot in forty k. And then you can and then you can sell it and buy more thirty k with it. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was the idea to do that, and then. So obviously the painting course of the LVO is going to be super helpful for that. And then, so I have that going on and I'm excited for that. But it was funny because I was at the store and I was just buying a box of Necrons. And this one guy comes up to me. He's just like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm going to do Necrons. He's like, oh, why are you doing Necrons? Oh, because they're easy to paint. I was like, actually, I'm going to be doing the whole army as non-metal metallic. He's like, well, why the hell would you do that? I was like, so I can get better at painting. Why don't you just dry brush them metal and just be done with it? What about just getting better at painting? Do you not understand? Like hashtag just forty k things. Yeah, exactly, and that that's yeah, what it was exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, sweet. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So those will be done, and hopefully from then I can do some pretty intense paint jobs coming forward. I after I do that, I do not know what army I'm going to do after that with all the new skill. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. I. We're gonna go to LVO. You're gonna. There's no, no. There's it's, like it's not, you, you can apply that to mechanic and pretty directly. Yeah, I've got. To, I'm gonna uh, finish the Necrons before I start another Legion because I want to get that painting style down and that like right. the two brush blending, the wet blending, and the uh, loaded brush all down before I even start another Legion or whatever. Should do Mechanicum or Solar Exilia. So uh, my plan is to get just super dope at painting. My buddy Rob has been helping me. Uh, my buddy Aaron, he, every day he's like sending me pictures. He's just like, let's just do it. He's like trying to send me links to like painting competitions and shit like that. But uh, nice. I, bl- I, I blame Matt and I'm going to yell at him at LVO. Be like, this is your fault. <laughs> this is your fault. Um, but Sweet, uh, man. yeah, so hopefully we can still convince him to come up to Victoria for a painting clinic. Oh, I think we can do that. I think it's just figuring out when when yeah. to bring him up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we're doing the Necrons and stuff, and oh, uh, but the cool thing is, is because I'm running the tournament, the campaign at the store, I getting to do like scenario, I have to restart making new scenarios and stuff like that, which is kind of fun to make like a, a weekly scenario for everyone to play. And then yeah, so I haven't done anything with terrain because I haven't bought any more terrain. I've just been doing model painting and stuff. I've had like barely any games though. Literally no. So the reason I'm thinking about taking my Iron Warriors over my scars is no one wants to play my white scars. But that's <laughs> local. Yeah, and it's super annoying. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that comes with when you make something, um, make a list very um, um, one dimensional is not the way, not the not the word I want to use. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's it, it, it's it's the same it's the same thing with having a, a knight army like you, David. Like, you have a Knights, it does one thing really well. Yeah, so it just, it's been really annoying because no one wants to play against the Scars uh, because they're just like, well, I can't even kill them, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, well, suck it up, Princess. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been playing Yeah, they seem pretty crazy, though. They're they're just fast and they're durable and they don't kill much. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I've, the only game I've seen with those is uh, I watched a battle report on 30K channel yeah. with um, Dark Angels version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so, interesting. Yeah, and so, yeah, I've been playing my Iron Warriors. So I might bring my Iron Warriors now because 
both Iron Circle and Tyrant Siege are either traitor or loyalist. There's no differentiate. So I could play my whole army as loyalist or traitor. Should make Dantioch. I thought about it. I don't want to use special characters though. If that makes any sense. Well, he doesn't have rules. Yeah. But yeah. Does, yeah. So that's kind of been my hobby progress. Uh, trying to get my painting better. Built and painted an entire Night Lancer in like a day and a half. And do you remember about Jody? And and you've been doing a bunch of LVO planning too. That's true. Or, oh yeah, yeah. Oh off. yeah. So awesome. so I came up with the brilliant idea of using Groupon to dictate our day at LVO. So we really only have the Friday afternoon and evening to do anything. So I've been looking up. What was that Vince Neil steak dinner? Vince Neil, yeah, dude. I I so want to go there, and like I'm just if they don't have fucking Motley Crue blaring, <laughs> I'm just gonna like not even listen to you guys and just put headphones in and just be like shout, shout, <laughs> shout, shout at the demo and just rock the fuck out, man. Like I'm just drinking like I a would... ginormous like eight ounce fucking drink and just get. Absolutely. I would laugh so hard if it was like the executive chef Vince Neil and it wasn't that kind of Vince Neil at all. Oh, it. it, So you're just a crazy man screaming fucking Vince Neil. (laughs) Now I'm second guessing myself. uh, I'm I'm looking it up. No, it is. It is. Okay. Vince Neil. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. It doesn't say. It was like, it's Vince Neil. It, Vince yeah, Neil. it's a Motley Crew frame. Yeah, it Okay. Is. Oh, man. Just like you go into the fucking men's room, and it's just like, smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> smoking in the boys' room. Yeah, I'm stoked for it, man. Just yeah. like, there's so much so, to drag me out of there. I was doing looking up all the Groupons, <laughs> and like, I would say 70% of the Groupons in Vegas for like, entertainment were male strippers. I'm not joking. Oh, like, like the Thunder Down Under? Yeah, like, oh, there was, like, the Glitter Boys. <laughs> and, like, oh, it was brutal. Oh, oh there's one called Sapphire. <laughs> I just went to the I hope the you don't come across my page. I, <laughs> I just have the most awesome video playing on my screen right now. Just, like, extremely. Oh, male strippers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just all these like '80s rocker chicks going into Neil's Vince Neil's fucking restaurant looks wicked. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to the uh, that tiki bar, and I want to do a, an ice an ice fucking hotel because that'd be awesome. Hotel well, made of ice. I want I want to go to the to that that tiki bar just so we can get one of those giant like Wayne's World Garth drinks. <laughs> Dude, it look it looks drink, good too, man. They have like oh, Korean barbecue. What at the tiki bar? Yeah, they literally that you can barbecue at your table like a Korean barbecue place. It's awesome, man. Teo's just showing off his new night, and Dave's David's getting very excited. <laughs> you, like, you like chevrons, bro? My my iron wear. So, so so the my iron wear's paint job. I've been doing it, and I use this as a connotation because we did. I talked to uh, St- uh, Stefan or Stephen from uh, Mini Wargaming, and he's talking about like paint jobs that pop on camera. And one of the oh, new things, dirty that, horror paint jobs. Yeah, dirty horror paint jobs. So describes it. Yeah. So because um, we're, I want to do start doing video content for the podcast. 
the games and stuff like that. And so the Iron Warriors are for that. So they're covered in chevrons, just like a ludicrous amount of chevrons because they're dirty whores and they look good on camera. See, <laughs> all, all I really wanted to say was when you were bringing it up, I was like, there's there's way too many chevrons on there. Because it, from a distance before it came into focus, I was like, holy shit, he painted tiger stripes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, god damn, throwing some like Black Panther shit on me. Oh, dude, I no, should just call it. tight, though. <laughs> I should just call him the Black Pan, the, the the tiger. Oh, was it? I don't know if any of you've seen One Punch Man. Yes, <laughs> tank top tiger. <laughs> short short tiger. Short short tiger. That's my new Lancer's name. Short short tiger. Next next no the next one that you do you need to just leave all of uh, the lower like it, like you need to take a fucking Dremel. And Dremel off the knee and leave off the shin pad. And oh, then you yeah. call him Short Short Tiger. <laughs> all, all the padding is just in the crotchal area. <laughs> I, I grabbed a couple of mine to show you. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Sexy, uh, like, it almost like Crazy. a really blue. Yeah. Or at least yeah, it's really nice. It's, really it's my super secret black with, you know, Panzer Gray over top of it. Ooh. Super, super secret. Yep. That's so beyond my levels of painting. <laughs> well, he is a commissioned painter, so that makes sense. So I thought, the, I thought the I thought that thing was going to be bigger. To be honest, a buddy oh, of mine, he's he's going to be bigger. So, story about uh, my a buddy of mine. He came over and he was just like, "Oh hey, I kind of want to get a little high." I was like, "Well, I have some edibles." So he ate like a uh, a candy, and then he got super stoned, and then we ordered him an entire Mechanicum army with a Porphyrion as a Lord of War. <laughs> Who? <laughs> My buddy Rob. So he's just like, uh, and the next morning he's like, what did I just buy? I was like, oh, you bought an entire Mechanicum army with a Porphyrion as a Lord of War. He's just like, really? I'm uh, like, you didn't know? He's I, like, I was way. He's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was way more stoned than I thought I was. <laughs> Does he even play 40K or 30K? He wants to play 30K, but he, he's an amazing painter, but he never finishes anything. Oh, Rob, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the guy who bought a 3,000-point Mechanicum Army with a Porphyrion as a Lord of War. Cool. It's going to go up for sale soon, and I'll yeah, buy it's most go- of it. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 maybe it'll be nicely painted. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so um, I thought it was going to be bigger than that because, like, the Lancer is. Dude, that thing's fucking huge. Yeah. It's the size of a damn Warhound. No, it's smaller. Dude. Like, if you look at it against the Atropos, it's, like, about the same height. And my Warhound yeah. is taller than my Lancer. Yeah, David was just showing it up there. Yeah. Here, I could show you again. The main point I was trying to get across is he's stout. He's a stocky motherfucker. Dude, did you see the original version of that thing? It looked goofy as hell. It was like yeah. the size of a regular knight, and then they were like, "People don't like this. We're just gonna make it like almost the size of a warhound." Uh, yeah, which it should be. Like, just look at a like. Yeah, it's, it's a heavy knight. Though. Yeah, it should be. So uh, I'll just show this. I'm gonna move my mic out the way so I can do this without dropping anything. We really should start just recording the videos of us. <laughs> no, well, they that's to... that's without any armor. That's pretty huge, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I was saying, like, the Warhound is probably, like, two, three inches, two and a half inches taller than my Lancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. The, the height the height is really there. The height's like, on the back, though. Yeah. Yeah, once you get the shoulder pads on, it's it bulks. It's a lot taller. Here, let me. I'll just grab. <coughs> I've got, I've got, 
Oh, don't mind me. I have two of them. I'll just pull the other one. Out. <laughs> well, you, bitch, if you want to get technical, I have three. What? <laughs> what just one I'm doing one for uh, the Loaded Dice podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Trying to branch myself out to Australia. Oh. Australia? Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yep. Pretty crazy. Sweet. So, yeah, that was my hobby progress. I'm going to get better All painting, right. I promise you. <laughs> it just takes time. Break it down. That's get a journal. Plan. Get a journal. That's write what everything I'm doing down. For the, that's what I'm doing for the Necronians. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm gonna try to to go through this quickly here. Um, yeah, we're at like Uranatus. we're at like Blow an Uranatus. hour and a half of hobby talk alone. This is gonna be like a five know, hour episode. <laughs> AJ, whip out the Uranatus. I want to see it. The or- I don't know. It's it's away right now. I put it Holy off shit. my table. Is that a knight standing on a knight? <laughs> That's the reaction I wanted when I did that. Knight standing on knight a knight. Night crimes. Knight on night crimes. All right. So. Um, I was uh, surfing on Facebook uh, before Christmas, and um, back when I was doing the CK Studio class in Seattle last summer, uh, a couple of the guys. Come to Victoria, we got another one. (laughs) We got had these sweet paintbrush holders, and it turned out that um, Caleb uh, from CK Studios made these. So he put up a post of like six that he had made for sale with this like wicked unique wood. Uh, for them and ended up buying one of those which Caleb's going to be bringing to me for uh, the LVO which I'm super stoked about um, I went as Teo was talking about beforehand I uh, traveled back to Canada to Toronto for the holidays hang out with my fam and a couple friends um, ended up just like basically just eating cheese and drinking booze like for 10 days straight. I Were you constipated need, after? Oh man, I need to take a break from cheese. I feel like if I like start sweating, I'll just start sweating out Brie and I'm not talking about Teo's Te- wife. Um, <laughs> just uh, yeah, it was a little overwhelming but like with all the booze, it's kind of good because it's I just take it for LVO training. I don't want to be uh, like a lightweight like I was at Kipper's and have like four beers and just feel terrible the next day. Not I had more than four beers, I know, but hopefully you don't get anyway, constipated at the LVO. Hopefully not. No. We only have one <laughs> we only have one washroom. Maybe that would be good, actually. One less people one less person in the bathroom. But um, when I was back in Toronto, I got together with uh, my buddy Gord, uh, known as Gordy K on uh, on uh, Instagram and my buddy AK and we went down to the GW in Toronto and ended up playing um, some 8th edition kill team games using my Mechanicum which was Mm, really interesting we were like uh, you know we kind of just made up some of the rules because we didn't have like a complete rule set for my Mechanicum but it was mostly just to get together with my buddies and throw some dice and have fun and uh at one point, I just, you know, as John and Teo, you will know, my amazing ability to roll ones. You know, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the first game against Gord, I just, like, threw a hand. I for, forget how many dice I, I threw, but I ended up rolling, like, four ones. And <laughs> Gord just, like, open mouth, like, stares at it and then looks up at me. And he's like, oh, 
it's not a myth. Like this is, <laughs> you do have an ability to do this. So uh, yeah, it was pretty cool playing a couple games with them. Um, for Christmas, I ended up getting my two brothers each a battle for Calf Box because they've been listening to the podcast and sending me messages like, you bastard, you're going to make me get back into uh, into 30K. And so I, I wrote them little notes and basically... The note was like, the first taste is free. Or no, it started out like, I'm sorry, was the first line of the, <laughs> the gift. And I'm sorry, the first taste is free, um, like signed your, your local crack dealer. And so um, they're both starting to look into rules and stuff like that. I know that my brother Carter is, I think he's thinking about Space Wolf. So um, I think we might have them on the podcast maybe after... Yeah, uh, totally. After the LVO, just to talk to them about like building, you know, how to build an army from that, and they're just going to do some research before coming on, so that should be good. And Alex Carter, I'm I'm sorry that I've gotten you into this terrible hobby. It was funny because you Slash. inspired me with that because uh, the new the Fantasy Flight Star Wars Legion game. Oh yeah. So my brothers never played miniatures games, but they've always been miniature curious. Okay. <laughs> And they saw the Star Wars game. They're like, what is this? So I'm going to oh buy them both the starters and just be like, bloop. And then walk away and see the explosion happen and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, on the flight back to uh, Canada, I finished the uh, Age of Darkness book uh, for the Horus Heresy series. And now... I'm on to Vulcan Lives, and we've got about like 100 pages left of that, and trying not to think about buying a Salamander's Army, because every single one of these books just makes me want to buy a new army. Um, that's, other than that, that's I've been... Dude, that happens to me all the time. I was like, I'll be reading I a know. book and be like, I want to start this army right now! Well, Scars is up next, I think. No, it's Vengeful... No, Unremembered Empire and then Scars, so... Yeah. Who knows where I'll be after those. Where uh, are you with your Emperor's children now? Are you gotta, still actually seriously thinking of not doing them? Or just throwing them the I have no idea. They're underneath the bed, and I need to finish my Iron Hands before uh, doing that. I think what I need to do is send you guys, how you guys were talking about doing, like, I should do, like, an all-infantry uh, thing. I, I think I'm going to send you guys, like, everything that I own for Iron Hands, and maybe you guys can come up with, like, I, well, that's like, like me and John have the same connotation of how to build Iron Hands list, which is not a lot of tanks, a lot tactical of tactical marines and uh, marines and breachers and immortals okay. and, just and apothecaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll send you what I've got. Maybe you guys can make up a list and then we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. In the because like so I noticed breachers have not been in our meta, and I use two breacher squads of my Iron Warriors, and they stick around, man. They just they do not. They're pretty durable. They're really durable. Yeah, Ashton, Ashton runs them in his uh, in his. Yeah, he's world, like the uh, one squad. He usually runs two. Yeah, and so usually, I've got, like, but anyway, yeah. yeah, I've got two of them. I've got like twenty of them, so that could, I could throw that into a list, but. Anyway, I've been, um, what else have I been doing? The player pack for the LVO 30K narrative is up. Uh, so the missions are up as well as the character progression, unit progression chart. Um, and I've been working with David on just like working out the narrative. So kind of getting prepped uh, with the new rulebook dropping, been reviewing that, kind of getting brushed up on that. And uh, just today I've been 
starting to paint some more thralls. I've got 25 thralls with uh, Laszlox. You got to 15 to more. Remember that. That's brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'm going to turn those guys into, uh, into what's it called? Um, I'm going to give them heavy chain blades. So I need to get a whole bunch of, uh, of like, chain swords and stuff like that to mod them up. David, David's he's pointing and yeah, he's like, David. I got an idea. I got an idea. You, you keep talking. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right, sweet. Um, and so other than that, just been doing that and been doing some detailed brush-ups on my uh, Archmagos Dominus. And then my last thing here is um, I am – this is a little apology to, uh, to Doug, if you're listening. He sent us a message, like, I think back in, like, November or something – talking about the beards um they're a band that's all about beard related <laughs> music it's really fucking awesome i'm gonna throw one of their links into uh into the show notes um but i know they were going around getting a whole bunch of the 30k podcast to to give them shout outs and uh i Dude, guess it's we so <laughs> easy to lose messages like david i, I wouldn't have noticed your message if i i hadn't already been on the boys of gold room page just like looking things over yeah it's it, it, for the the group pages it just sucks to find them or you anyway or we're just dumb and we just don't know how to look it's probably we're dumb that, that, yeah that could very well be it so uh yeah shout out to the beards and uh i guess that's it other than that it's you know just doing prep for lvo i've been writing my list trying to figure out what it's going to be for like you know our grudge match or not, or not me, grudge So grudge me and AJ match. have never played a game against each other. <laughs> Somehow, so, yeah. we've never <laughs> played a game against each other. Yeah, so weird. I've got, I've got that, and uh, for just like the ringer list, if I need to end up playing, hopefully not on Sunday of the LVO, and probably everyone will be hungover, and I'm sure. Just we'll don't be as bad time. as you were at Kippers. I won't. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, oh. I got. I gotta say this. You said you were looking for heavy chain glaives. I just sent you a link yeah. to some Cromlech bits that are fucking outstanding. All right, Ooh. I'm like, like I shit you not. That that middle blade looks looks big for a damn Terminator. Even that makes me Ooh. want to make a Gabriel Seth model. Yeah, my buddy borrowed one of them to you to do that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to check those out. I spend too much time dicking around on the internet and figuring out ideas for projects and never finishing anything. So, moving on. I think, uh, I think hey, that I, is a lot of us. <laughs> yes. I know my wife is like, why do you keep going to the Forge World website? Isn't it just like teasing yourself? It was like a little bit. <laughs> Bree's just going to block it on you. One of these <laughs> just block Forge head. World off of the... <laughs> We'll get messages from Tao. <clears throat> Yo, man, I need you to look up on Forge World, send me pictures. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's all I've got uh, for my hobby progress. And uh, I guess let's uh, take a, a quick break here and let's come back and we will have a chat with David about the upcoming event taking of Pure Pure X. Yes. Yeah. Not like we haven't been playing it for the past like how many episodes? <laughs> well, <laughs> as I've said, I never actually listen to our episodes. I edit them, but I've never. No, I, I I find it really weird. 
Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, not listening to an audio podcast that you're editing sounds kind of on par with, you know, having a blind person edit, you know, a Michael Bay film. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be better. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, pain and gain is totally awesome. <laughs> you just like to see hard muscles. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll be right back on that note. And we're back, and we're going to be talking with David about the taking of Felix. So, bud, David, tell us about what you're doing. The taking of Felix is a 30K narrative-driven <laughs> event. Right? He just plays his audio clip. Peace. I, that's it. I'm out. Later, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we love no. you. <laughs> okay, so uh, the taking of Ferrix is a culmination of a lot of things that I've wanted to do and uh, experiences that I've had over the past couple years at 40K GTs. And uh, the long and short of it is it's a 20-man narrative. Uh, it's a 30K event that we're hoping is going to springboard <laughs> into future events. We've already got a follow-up event scheduled, but uh, the, the long and short of it, it's a... 30K narrative track. It's a five-game event, three on uh, Saturday, two on Sunday. And uh, we track uh, the loyalists and the traders' interactions, points, and whatnot. And the end result uh, is going to help shape the follow-up events. It's uh, it's my first event that I'm running on this scale, so I've been leaning heavily on more experienced uh, EOs and TOs. Uh, Shout out to Ryan Kimmel with Radio Free Istvan. Great guy. He's been providing hey, yeah. a lot of direct Hashtag oversight. Mm-hmm. And he's also <laughs> provided me uh, copies of the documentation he's done for various events, including uh, list building formats, uh, mission structure, things like that, just so that I, I can really have a, a wide selection of what to look at. And then also a special shout out to uh, Andrew Hollis uh, with Tagged Events. He's helping uh, sponsor yeah. the event. And hooking us up with some really nice swag for the swag bags. And then also one of my best buds, uh, Andrew Legio with the Loaded Dice podcast. Uh, badass guy. Providing a lot of the same stuff as Ryan. But it's nice because since they have a different environment there than what we have here, I can re- I, I get a lot of really good information. Sometimes it's conflicting, but it's also really good to get the the you know the ideology behind that conflicting information and so there's a lot of things that i'm trying to pull from both places because i feel like uh, there's there's a lot of pros and cons to each of the different ways of running the event Um, but as far as the overall structure of the event itself uh, we've got three different environment tables we're using with uh, our 10 different themed tables Uh, three of each of those tables are uh, designated for one of the the three environments which represent planets on the outer circle of the Ferrix system, which are going to be, uh, com- which each faction is competing for. Uh, effectively, this is the initial incursion into the system, and uh, there's some backstory that I can probably get into at another time uh, as far as what led to the incursion taking place. But it, both sides are, are fighting to maintain a foothold and establish a for, uh, you know a forward base so that we can go ahead and you know kind of progress from there in the sequential events. Um, the I'm trying to think here. 
think that's pretty much the, the most important information. Uh, all of the missions and the environment packs are up and available on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Ferix 30K, uh, spelled with a P-H-Y-R-I-X, and then just 30K. We'll throw, a, we'll throw a link into the show notes as well for oh, that. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> the other important thing to note right now is uh, everybody was so receptive to the event that we actually sold out of all 20 tickets within five days, just over four actually. But nice. because of the response that we received, uh, the actual convention organizers with the Flying Monkey Convention, uh, they're uh, talking with me about expanding our space but we're not going to have a definitive answer until late January, early to mid-February when they've, when they've got counts from the other events taking place at the GT, or excuse me, at the con. It, for two years, it was the Flying Monkey GT, and the 40K event yeah. was, was the mainstay. Um, it still is the mainstay, but now they're really trying hard to expand out to other games, which is why they were, they were completely on board with getting some 30K going. But uh, if, if you are interested and want to participate, it is June uh, 23rd and 24th uh, of 2018 at Wichita, Kansas. We've got all that information on the Facebook page as well as at the official convention page, flyingmonkeycon.com. They've got some really nice room rates uh, set up. You get a lot of benefits for staying there. Uh, there's alcohol tickets you get. It pays for your uh, your call it the, the con badge for actually access to the floor. Uh, they're going to be providing free soda and popcorn uh, throughout the course of the event. Uh, they also provide free breakfast and free dinner um, if you get on, uh, again, if you buy the, your, your ticket to stay there. And I think it's like 100 or maybe 104 bucks a night. That's um, amazing price. And it's, it's, it is a very, very nice <laughs> hotel. Um, I apologize. The name is not coming to mind right now, but it's, it's, it's very nice. Um, but anyways, if you're interested and you, you didn't get in uh, quick enough to get the initial tickets, what you need to do is shoot an email uh, off to the con organizers. Uh, that email is flyingmonkeygt at gmail.com. Yeah, it's, it's, the old, it's the old email. They haven't got an updated one to ref, you know, reflect the con, but that's, that's what it is. Uh, if you shoot them an email and just say, hey, I want to get on the wait list for the 30K event or say, hey, I want to get on the wait list for you know, the taking of Ferrix, whichever, uh, they'll get you in there. And as far as what I'm hearing, outside of a few people that have misheard the information and sent emails to the wrong spot, we should easily be able to get 15 to 20 people on that wait list. I know that right now, uh, last confirmed number was like four or five. But I, I, since then, I've talked to several people who said they're, you know, they're going to shoot that email in. So I know some people, you know, you got other things to do, you got plenty of stuff on your mind and, and to occupy your time. But just take that, you know, 60 seconds to shoot that email off. You're, you're not going to regret it. Uh, the event itself, we've got a lot of sponsors so far. Um, let me switch pages here. Yeah, you're going to have uh, to educate us on how to do that. <laughs> oh, uh, I can, I can walk you guys through it. It's very easy. It's uh, just email a buttload of people <laughs> um but uh we've got sponsorships from multiverse gaming war game model mods uh p work games is sponsoring us as well uh gamemat.eu uh frontline gaming uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say they're sponsoring us because they did hook us up with uh some of the event organizer discounts on getting uh, extra game mats because i did have to buy about five for the event um grim brothers coding sponsors is going to hook us up uh blood and skulls it well okay excuse me 
Uh, Blood and Skulls Industries and Death Ray Designs are both interested in sponsoring, but we have not worked out any hard hard facts yet. So that I'm going to say it's a soft yes until we can actually get some you know, some committed you know you know words from them. Um, what else here? Uh, I've got a whole list here. Um, one of the most one of the local stores, MindSculpt Games, is giving us a, a static discount for anything we need to buy for the event through them. They're located in Great Bend, Kansas, they, uh, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half away from uh, Wichita itself, where the event's located. Uh, so special shout-out to Darcy and Daniel. Uh, they're some great people. I'm running a slow-grow league for them right now as well. Um, it's given me an excuse to start painting up some Mechanicum stuff, even though it's not really the the Mechanicum stuff I should be yeah. working on. <laughs> <laughs> the real Mechanicum? Uh, yeah. Uh, also, Prometheum Forge, another manufacturer, uh, is, is going to be sponsoring us. Uh, just, we're, it's, it's really exciting because we're getting a lot of, a lot of positive feedback and response from everybody. Um, and if you, if you've never been to a GT or, an, or a major event, um, there's a few things that ev everybody kind of takes away their own thing from it. But from the GTs that I went to, I've been to five, and two of those GTs I went sequentially from you know 2016 to 2017. Um, it, it gave me the opportunity to see how things evolved, where things improved, where things either stayed the same or I think went in a direction that did not you know coincide with my vision of where I would have taken those events. Uh, and that's kind of given me the opportunity to decide how I really wanted to structure the taking of Ferex. And it's it's reflective of the mindset of how I want to approach all of the sequential events. Uh, the three main tenets that I have is, uh, first and foremost, narrative play. This isn't about competition. It's not about win-loss. Um, it's about having an amazing time playing some great people. Reach. And the, Reach. For, for me, the most exciting moments I've ever had were all involved with losses because uh, it's it's all that cinematic. It's it's when you see shit that goes goes crazy, and sometimes it goes way south, and then it comes way back. Like I was playing a game, and I, I kid you not, one of my most memorable and fun games. It, it was like a thirty minute long game because a guy fired off and killed one of my imperial knights. I was running all knights, killed it. Went firecracker. Went over to the next one. Firecracker. Next, it killed three of my five <laughs> knights in in turn one. I didn't even have to do anything. And that's it, not the first time I've heard that kind of story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jody was talking to us about that a couple episodes ago. It's <laughs> it's it's both frustrating, but it's also incredibly satisfying because. It's one of those things. You know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen someday, and it's coming. It's coming for you, and it's better to have it happen and get out of the way and be like, all right, than to have that looming in the back of your head. But So, again, really strong narrative. Uh, I've been developing narrative uh, for a custom uh, 30K uh, Forge World that I've, I've just I've – putting a lot of my heart and soul into developing the narrative for that. And because I am committed to this event and to its success – I've gone ahead and tied all of that background fluff into the event. So the things that happen and how things play out is going to be reflective of the army that I end up building and, you know, kind of how things stack up in the future over, you know, the next you know, few years. Because the, the overall idea with this is I, I have a, a dream and I want it to be a, a very large going campaign as long as it's fun. We're going to have... Uh, the major acts, we're, we're going to have four major acts, which are uh, essentially going to be representative of each of the incursions into the system. Because the way the Fear system is set up is you've got an inner sphere, 
uh, a cent excuse me, you got a central sphere with the main forge world that's separated by a gaseous barrier uh, from the inner sphere, which is separated from the outer sphere by an asteroid belt, uh, which is uh, overdeveloped with mining apparatus and different structures like that. And that, that's kind of the overarching idea. So all of the major acts, if you know, act one, act two, act three, are all about you know that initial push into the next sphere of the system. And then we've also got a subset that we're doing for the uh, follow-up events that are going to, I'm, I'm calling them incursions right now. They're probably actually going to come under the banner of war zones. But the idea is where the acts focus on larger scale events, we try and get as many people there and we've got multiple planets within the system that are being involved. The incursions or the war zones are going to be a focus down on one specific event or one thing that's taking place within the system. So uh, our first follow-up event is actually going to be in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and that is being called uh, the Taking of Ferex, the Hadrion Incursion. And that is going to be a, a narrative where we've got both factions uh, sending some of their some of their forces that following Act 1, uh, there's not a whole lot of time gap, so some of these forces are not going to be full strength. You've got your, your major notable warriors fighting in other battlefields. Uh, so what we're doing with this is it's going to focus on, again, smaller scale to, to an extent, but we're going to be including a progression system for you to create your own characters. And the my overarching idea for how this would work is your major acts are the big battles. You're bringing in everything. You've got your 2,500, 3,000-point armies. You can bring multiple lists, switch things up. Just some of the really crazy stuff with, you know, the Apocalypse games and all that. But these these sub-events, again, going to have a, a comparable scale, but it, it's going to be much more isolated and shrunk down to focus on that campaign system of creating your character, playing that narrative, having crazy shit happen in the game, and then have that affect those characters and possibly even units as far as, you know, gaining, you know, veteran status or getting a benefit because they've they've been through the, you know, they've been through the grinder and come out the other side mostly unscathed or they're not dead yet type thing. But that that's that's something I, I'm I'm still working on. We're gonna get detailed out at a, a later date. But that is something for people to keep in mind. Uh, that event itself is going to be in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, at the Iron Halo uh, Iron Halo GT. They're, they typically hold a, a GT later in the year, and they're going to be doing a second one. But what they're doing is they're giving Age of Sigmar and uh, the 30K players uh, our own little events that there's not really a whole lot of spatial competition. They want us to have plenty of room to do stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of... That's kind of the main thing with that. I don't want to delve into that too much because, I, you know, it, that's not going to be successful unless we have a really good Act 1 event. But the the perks that I'm, I'm putting on people... Um, okay, excuse me. I keep getting sidetracked. So, strong, number <laughs> one, strong, three pillars. Strong narrative, fantastic terrain, and swag bags. So... Uh, the narrative, I think, is, is deeply rooted to the players themselves and making sure people are in the right mindset and throwing everything out there, the missions, the backstory, uh, the environment tables. I know some people aren't a fan of it this early. They think, well, it's going to be easy for people to you know, whack, whack the crap out of it. But the, the overall structure and the fact that we're letting people bring as many lists as they want as long as they are uh, pre, uh, pre-written up, typed up, 
have all the information there and you're maintaining the same warlord, it definitely, I think, is going to counteract that. Because the idea is you and your opponent, you sit down, you figure out what list you're going to play, and then you start rolling on everything. Then, at that point, you figure out what your environment is. Then you start playing the mission. So it should still be fairly difficult for for people to just, you know, I'm going to build this list to win this mission. Because you, you're not going to know what's going to happen, and some of those environmental trees really affect things. Um, but then, go, speaking of environment, we're going to move to terrain. Uh, I'm putting in my heart and soul to build terrain. I'm doing up 10 tables for the event, uh, exclusively for the event. We're going to have all the tables themed. Uh, so you're going to have, you know, the Death World uh, terrain is all going to be super swampy with some industrial bits in there, maybe some outposts, possibly like some some sort of mineral or gas refineries on some of the tables uh, using a variety of terrain, you know, Games Workshop kits, non-Games Workshop, uh, obviously some of our sponsors. Uh, then we're also going to have a maiden world, which is kind of like your aristocratic world where you know, lush gardens, trees, parks, things like that, and very high gothic architecture. Uh, things are, are just, you know, the nobility, everything's nice and, and mostly taken care of for them up until, you know, the fighting starts. And then you're going to get some really nice uh, staunch comparisons on the terrain. And then we've got an actual uh, hyper-industrialized world that uh, is, is it, it's a shipyard. The entire world is basically encased in a shell of steel and, and <laughs> iron. As it's built, they've just continued to build up and up and up outwards from it. Uh, so somewhere at the core of it, there's a, there's a world there, but at this point it's probably expanded to two to three times its actual size, just over time with development. Um, and we've got a lot of neat uh, terrain rules that are going to affect it. You've got... Uh, one of my favorites on that world is you've got the possibility that, because as they built up over time, these lower areas have kind of become forgotten, dilapidated, not really worried about. So you've got some of these upper decks that, well, they got this, you know, busted, you know, piece of aft plate. There's nothing for them to do with it. They're just going to shove it off the side. So there's a chance, you know, in the course of this battle, as you're fighting in the framework, uh, you might get, you know, a two-ton aft plate falling on top of your unit, and you got to see if they get out of the way type thing. Oh, wow. So, uh, it's not again. It's it's solely focused on narrative. So some of these things are not going to be incredibly popular if they happen. But the idea is, I, again, just really pushing for that narrative. You can, you, yeah. I don't, I don't really know how else to, to say that. And then uh, the other big thing for me is swag. I've been to some events where you you pay that you know forty five fifty dollar entry fee and you walk away with a decent swag bag. Maybe you get a sprue of stuff. Maybe you get you know some nice. Uh, discount coupon codes, uh, maybe some some dice, things like that. And then I've been to some where, frankly, it was a bit lackluster. I paid fifty bucks to come play at an event, and it was it was it was a fun time. But I'm walking away with basically nothing. Like there's a bag full of coupon codes for places and things that I've never heard of, or I have no intention of you know dealing with. And I don't think that people should ever go to events based on. You know, what are they going to walk away with? I definitely think people should go to events for, for the event itself, the experience and the fun, the camaraderie, um, and basically just the experience. I think that's really what you should be paying for. But likewise, I think part of, that ex part of that experience is if you've had a good time, you should be able to walk away with something that, that you're going to remember, that you're going to be reminded of for the event. So what I've done is uh, the tickets for the event are $35. The con badge itself is $10. Um, the con badge and $5 out of all of the, the tickets themselves, 
uh, uh, excuse me, five dollars out of each ticket, so fifteen bucks out of the total forty-five dollars is all going to cover the event space. Um, that covers our area that we're using, and basically just make sure that I don't have to pay anything out of pocket for that. And then the everything else, that thirty dollars, is going directly back into the swag bags. Um, again, worked with Tagged Events, Andrew Hollis in Australia, uh, who designed uh, a custom decal sheet for all of uh, for the event. So you come and you have a character who like does something badass and like slays, you know, an opposing, you know, Lord of War, or maybe you've got uh, that flyer that comes in and happens to, you know, take some pop shots on a, a Primarch and manages to tickle. Not in this case, there's no Primarchs in our in the event, so I shouldn't say that. But you, you know what I'm saying? If something really cool happens and you want to, you know, denote it on that character or that vehicle, you've got yourself a water slide decal that you can actually put on and add that extra bit of, you know, swag and you know, flavor. Thank you. That's flavor. Great, I keep saying swag. Um, then also with that, you're getting a dog tag that's usable once uh, at, at each event. Um, or I, I haven't really decided how we're going to use them sequentially, but you, you're getting a dog tag that gives you a special ability to use at the event um, and is usable at sequential events within the series. Um, kind of sticking with the Australian uh, approach, We'd prefer that you keep that with that army. So if you bring, let's say, uh, Sons of Horus to this event, and then you come to the follow-up, but you want to try a Mechanicum Force out, and let's say, you, but you've got a buddy who was never played, well, let him and you let him bring, you know, the Sons of Horus. Let him use that special ability. Don't just grab that and stick it with your Mechanicum. Again, just trying to to build up that flavor, that narrative that you know those guys were experienced and they've they've been through a fight already. So that's that's one of their perks. And then, you know, same thing with the Mechanicum. After you play that event, you get another tag. Keep it with them rather than just, you know, doubling down. But uh, the other thing that's nice, you're getting, we're all, everybody's getting a Velcro patch. Um, that If you really, if you have, like, bags or, you know, a coat, jacket, something like that that you want to show that swag off, then bam, you slap that on there. Um, most of that stuff has been previewed on the 30K uh, page, the Taking a Ferrix Facebook page. Um, and then that's just kind of the, the, the first thing that we've got. Uh, also, every bag is getting a custom poster for the event. Uh, those pre pictures have been previewed Damn. on the site. Um, my buddy uh, Kurt Metz has been doing the design for us. We've got two of those: uh, one loyalist, one trader themed, and then we've got an overarching like themed one that I he 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 no, he knocked it out of the park on that one. He's a Mechanicum fan, and it it definitely shows on that one. Uh, Kurt's also working on a poster for our follow-up events, and that's that's something that Ryan uh, Kimmel had suggested that he does at his, and I think that's a really, really smart idea, um, just because it's a nice piece of swag that people can walk away with, stick on their walls, and who knows, if you're a collector, you can collect them all, come to all the events, and even if even if you didn't play as a, a trader at this event, if you played as a loyalist and you still want the trader prize... We're going to have some extras that we are using uh, for swag, uh, just as the random raffles and things. Uh, that's another big thing. We're the bag itself is going to be huge. You're going to you're going to, you swear to you you're getting more than what you're investing in the event in your bag. Uh, I can't give you any more details about it because I do want there to be some surprises when you get it, but it's it's going to be worth your time. Um, but outside of that, we're going to have a, a very large prize pool. Uh, at this point, as long as our sponsors keep following through as they are right now, you're most likely you're going to walk away with something if we don't expand it. Um, obviously, if we expand it to 30 people, it, 
it's going to, you know, 30, however much more we can expand it to, um, that prize pool starts to get smaller compared to the total, the total number of people. But well, I'm doing my best to make sure we get a lot in there that's going to be worth your time. Oh, also, everybody's getting 10 custom dice uh, in, in a single color uh, for the campaign. But the overall idea is we've got probably five or six different color uh, batches that we've done. And that is actually going to be something where, uh, again, kind of that collect them all mentality. Well, I've got 10 of this color for this event, go to the next event. Okay, I got this bag again. Well, hey, do you want to trade? Either you want the same colors, maybe you want to get all the different colors. Just try, trying to add a little more of that hype, another reason for people to go and have a good time. But, yeah, instead um, of to keep awesome. going to the new next event and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, man, I could just keep going on and on and on. But I don't want you to because it's your this event sounds amazing and yes. it's all sold out. No, I can't. Well, there's the wait list, but man, you're, it's amazing. The goodie bag and like we've been checking out the pictures of your terrain. It looks absolutely like just top notch. Like it's I can't wait to see pictures of the event and just to see armies on the table and like hear you know hear about people's reaction to it because it it sounds like a fucking top quality event man well thank you um and again even even if you you didn't get in in on the sales even if you just want to pop in and see what the you know the event's about feel free uh to go to the page again facebook.com slash groups slash ferix 30k um it it is a, a request approval situation so ask to be added and I'm, I'm normally really quick about that i have my phone on me at all times for work purposes so uh, I, I will get you added in there. The only reason we have it like that is because there's three questions I ask before people join that are very important uh, to me as being part of the group. Uh, it's a, effectively asking whether, you know, what point size you like to play at, how important narrative is to you, and whether you're a loyalist or trader. So uh, very, you know, easy answer those. We'll get you added in super quick. Uh, and you can figure out what it's about. And if you decide that, hey, this is something I want to participate in, you go ahead and you can shoot off that email or you can get more information about follow-up events. Or if you say, hey, you know, it's not really for me, at least there, you'll be there, you'll be able to get some cool pictures, see some neat stuff, maybe get some ideas for your own events. Well, man, it, it sounds like you're running an awesome event and we definitely want to have you back on like after the event to hear about, you know, how it went and just give us like a little rundown of it and you know, talk about the, the next follow-up once uh, you've got that ironed out and, you know, have the outcome of the first event that's going to flow into the second one. And that's what we're, we're thinking of doing for our event series starting this year, which will probably run into 2019. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great to have people like you in the community that are uh, putting on great events like this. It's definitely, like, the lifeblood of 30k especially with uh forge world seeming not to be supporting heresy as much recently as uh as other game systems so yeah it's really great to great that we've got people like you in the community putting stuff on like this other than the book of course we've got the new book and how you have it in your hands <laughs> and i have the i have the little sheets the quick quick reference sheets nice how did how did you get that already I, I ordered it off of the internets and it came from Forge World. Really? Already? Yes. Although I will say I'm 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 gonna contact them and request a replacement. 
I'm going to be that asshole because yours my, is all busted up on the well, corners. It, it's not busted up. Well, here's the thing: the corners are completely fine, but there's a little slit right here that it looks like you can't. You see it? Oh, I see it. Yeah, it's like hit by a bandsaw or something. Yeah, like and I <laughs> that I book won't work with that slit. Better get a new one. Well, uh, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad if they say no. I won't be mad. It's a book and it still works. But out of all the books I've ever had from them, I have never had that kind of damage. Like it looks like it was either hit or dropped because you can see two little dents where the corners of something hit. But there was enough force or pressure behind that that it actually split the binding down to the cardboard. And I've never I've seen, seen that before. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of pictures up on Facebook of, of issues with the books, whether it's corners busted. That's the thing that I've seen the most. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's too bad. They're good. They'll replace it. So I, sh I should, I should just tell them to refund me so I can buy the digital version. That way, the corners can't get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I bought both. So <laughs> yeah, I bought the uh, digital version. Yeah. Well, sweet man. It's like I, I wish there was more people doing events like what you're putting on everywhere <laughs> in all communities because it's uh, it. You know, we know how much work it. it takes to go into goes into these events and uh yeah. you know i even that i'm not going i will thank you for for putting all the hard work in and we've seen uh, you busy making up trees throughout our recording and everything mm -hmm. so i i'm sure it's gonna be non-stop until the event but oh yeah uh, it's it, it's a great payoff once uh you see everyone coming up to you and giving you thanks for putting on a good event and the, really looking forward to hearing more about it me too, I uh, man. Like the the one thing I'll say is I'm envious of you guys. Uh, I outside of the help I'm getting building the trees and then Kurt doing the the poster design, I'm doing all of this myself. Um, well, excuse me, no, no, I take that back. I do have a buddy. Uh, shout out to my buddy in uh, Oklahoma, Mike O'Brien. He is actually taking the time to clean uh, the Mechanicum, the Sector Mechanicum terrain for me, just so I don't have to to sit there and scrape mold lines. I just have to glue it together and paint it. But uh, outside of that assistance, uh, all the everything's on me. All of the sponsorship contact, all of the follow up, all the terrain buying stuff. Uh, the second you know, job, man. Yeah, it really is. But yeah. truth, truth be told, one of the dreams I've had for the longest time is I would really thoroughly enjoy the opportunity to get set up to where I have all the stuff to run an event. Let's say, let's say up to a, a fifty-person event. All of the equipment, all the train, everything. All I'd need is, you know, tables and space. I would love to have yeah, that storage ability. unit. <laughs> I'd love to have the ability to say, "Hey, I can sponsor you." You know, you you want to run an event, you want to run a 30k event at your GT, but you don't have any, you know, experience. You don't have any of the stuff. Hey, I got you. Or for people who already have established events, rather than saying, "Well." I've got enough for five tables, such such has enough for six. And, you know, you're trying to piecemeal everything out. Have I think it'd be maybe not fiscally feasible as a full-time job or something, but to do something on weekends where, hey, you know, give me, you know, X amount of money from, you know, your, your, your cost, and I'll just come in and I'll provide everything for you. No must, no fuss. You don't have to worry about it, and you're going to have immaculate-looking terrain and, and it's it's one less thing on your mind because I know that when when I've talked to some people in the past about helping me just run some local stuff, 
it was hard. It was really hard getting people to commit and be able yeah. to help help you out because some people they just they'll, they'll give it to you, but they're not going to give you the stuff till like the day before, and then it's only on their timetable. If you're if you're not available to get it from them when that's then, then you're probably not going to be able to get it. You know that kind of issue. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling you're going to get some uh, some messages from people yes. uh, in the future, just man. Hoping. Like, just hope. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Dude, I we wish you luck in your like in your ongoing terrain building and painting and uh, yeah, definitely like to have you back uh, after the event and we'll keep plugging the the event on the po- podcast. We'll keep plugging uh, until you tell looking us. Looking forward stop. to hearing about the results. Well, I yeah, appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> hey, well, well, keep your ears open. I'm going to be sending you an updated one since we did sell out. I, I want to make sure people are are getting the correct information. So. Awesome. Sure, yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely uh, we'll play it up. All right. All right, cool. Well, we'll uh, I guess we will be back here in a, in a couple minutes for our year in review and looking forward to 2018 segment. Sweet. Talk to you guys in a bit. Thanks, David. Hey, thank you. Have a good one. Let's see ya. All right. The lines are drawn. Sides taken. The drums of war hum with malice and rage. And now, the eyes of both the traitor and loyalist rest upon the Ferric system. None shall yield, so who shall stand victorious? Choose your side and cast your die. Join us for the taking of Ferrix, Act 1, Hubris. The Taking of Ferrix is a narrative-driven 30k event track coinciding with the 2018 Flying Monkeys GT in Wichita, Kansas. Players will face off in a Loyalist versus Traitor narrative as the warring sides attempt to secure a foothold in the Ferrix system. The event will span five rounds over two days. Zone Mortalis tables will be available both days for any players who wish to test their mettle in smaller scale skirmishes. For more information, please go to flyingmonkeycon.com or search us on Facebook at Ferrix30K. And welcome back to the Boys of the Golden Throne. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to David. Talk about his amazing, ridiculously amazing event that has made us shameful of our events. Yes, Super awesome. Up our game. Up our game time. hard, apparently. Yeah. Man, I want to go to an event where you get loot bags. You remember we when we make got loot bags? bags? Yeah. Like, fucking... We'll make loot bags, okay? I know. We, we need sponsors to do loot bags. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna contact the sponsors. We're going to get people excited. And we're going to make loot bags. Sweet. Nice. Awesome. Uh, we okay. can get maybe a little cowbell to throw in there for fucking Julian. So he <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a, a, a necklace of mini cowbells by the end of it. Oh, God. That would get so, so annoying. Just, so just walking. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we'd know where he was. It'd be like a dog with like the little like shaky thing. <laughs> you know, he wasn't getting into any mischief. Oh God. Yeah. I know you're behind me, Julian. <laughs> uh, so when on that 
Uh, we're going to talk about our year in review of 2017. Just talk about what we did in 2017, what we remember, and then what we're excited for for 2018. Um, yeah. We're going to have Jono, Mr. Short Shorts, go first because he's got to leave or something. I don't know. He's got a boy. He's got a boyfriend Unfortunate date. boyfriends. Boyfriend yeah. date. Yeah, he's got a boyfriend date. So, hey, John, 2017. You know? All the boys come running. Yeah, I think 2017 was a pretty interesting year. Um, I think the the, the podcast started right. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah. talk about that. You talk about your things, bud. Well, this is part of my thing. I'm just saying. I think it's been a cool year. I think this has been kind of the most of the our little our little 30k community has kind of grown. We've had um, a couple events, and uh, they've been great. Um, been three three events yeah 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 i guess three yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, i guess you're right yeah and they've all been super fun this i guess this is actually just like the first year of our events in general isn't it we didn't really do anything yeah no yeah that's crazy yeah Yeah, no it's been awesome um other than boyfriend dates that are 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 significant houses yeah no, totally. No, but it's it's been super cool. Even even just uh, just all the games that we we've gotten in, and and obviously you moved away, but like uh, even just coming over and fucking he's having a, beers, he's playing a, games. He's, he's on a been awesome. sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, it's been a it's been a weird year, I think, for Heresy in general. For for me, yeah. I think I think our Heresy has been very strong. I think uh, the release of Eighth Edition was a little bit uh, has has done some weird stuff with where Heresy is, um, we, and I we think that, weaklings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and obviously losing uh, Alan Bly was a super super devastating fucking thing. Yeah, that um, yeah. Like, I was brilliant. Brilliant it was probably the most devastating thing that could have happened to, to our hobby, yeah. to yeah. our community. Yep. Um, but I think, uh, people are kind of making the best of it, what they, what they kind of, you know, what they kind of can. Um, and I think there's lots of communities that are pretty, uh, seem like they're pretty active, at least on the Facebook pages and stuff. It seems like it's still thriving. I think with eighth, like, you know, I've heard, you hear different things. I listen to a lot of the 30 K podcasts, if not, I think 75% of them. And, you know, you hear in some communities that, you know, it's quote unquote dying. I don't think dying is the right word, but maybe declining no. towards people switching more to eight. But at least in our community, like, you know, I know that we have some people that are playing eight, but I really think that our community is just ex- like, if you look at our first event that happened, I guess, back in February yeah. to, yeah. you know, to Kippers to now land, like we went from 12 people at our first event and we're looking at 32 people for, you know, Lanasy this year, which is, you know, the last Lanasy we were at 16, I think, people. So, you know, Kippers then jumped to 20, and now we're going up to 32. Totally. And, you know, yeah. I think we're, our community's thriving right now. And I, I just, uh, I, honestly, like, I'm one of the people who's just, I'm glad that it hasn't moved to 8th Heresy. Um, I don't think 8th edition suits Heresy at all. Quite no, frankly. I don't think so either. There's just too much. Yeah. Simplifies I, too much. It just sort of, you know, like you, you think about 
the way that 40k lists tend to look and the way that Horus Heresy lists look, and there's obviously a difference in sort of um, power levels or whatever, but when you look at the the capacity and heresy that you have for just like the amount of las cannons and the amount of just like armor and the amount of just all the crazy stuff you can put on the table and how hard that would be to balance. Yeah. <laughs> like, prime, like, how are Primarchs going to going to like function on a table when like one last cannon can like basically take six wounds off a primer like stuff like that like so it's a it's a mixed thing right um we finally got the new rule book which is good i guess that would be 2018 talk if i uh... yeah but that's being you know it was supposed to be released that's what i was thinking yeah but 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 that's been overall good Yeah. yeah so 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 my my 2017 thing would be it's a mix it's a mixed bag for sure. Um, I'm happy with where heresy is in a level, but I'm also a little bit worried with where where it is. Um, I'm hoping that Forge World has a plan, and I'm hoping that uh, they can start communicating more as they start to pick up the pieces with losing Alan, because it seems yeah. like they are sort of still still you know they're trying to get their their shit together. And uh, that's totally understandable, but at the same time, it's definitely hard not to just be like, man, looking at all the thir- the forty k stuff and just like how like communicative they're being with their communities and stuff like that. Yeah, like Warhammer. And just not that's being the thing. like, that's, I'm not faulting GW for that at all, or even Forge World because they just released a new edition, and really ours is an amendment. So yeah, but I, no, I, I disagree it, but... with that, man. Like. You know, they've got Warhammer Community, which really every single day something comes out for Age of Sigmar Mm. or 40K. And, like, they just had the open day. We're recording this a day after the open day. And they released, like, their um, series of events, which they say on it that it's not all all of the events, but there wasn't a single heresy event there. And, like... You know, the only thing that goes on the the Warhammer community is like this is what's new this this week from Forge World, and you know, showing off a model. It's like I really like. I know that they're trying to. Get, I hope that they're getting their themselves put together, but I I'd really <laughs> like to see more support for. It's not. Their a, it's not even. For me, it's like, look, like I'm not, I'm not asking for like new models and stuff necessarily, or models to come out at a faster rate or whatever. That stuff's fine, but it's like, look, guys, we've been like waiting for an FAQ for how long? Yeah, like, how many cakes is it gonna take? That's a thing. It's it's like what you're just gonna you're just gonna ignore the your very rabid fan base who's like trying like they're basically like hey we want to throw money at you hey we want to support and it's like but like come on guys like right give us an FAQ or at least communicate to us what's going on with the FAQ or like it's like give us an amendment for book seven like it's so it's so clear that book seven was like massively that's the other thing I was going to mention about 2017 and the ups and downs it was a, book seven has been also a massively I think damaging thing to heresy because it's just sort of become really weirdly toxic in a way like this whole like like what they call, like whatever they call it like whack faggotry like I don't really like to use that term <laughs> but it's like like people people throw that around now and I'd never heard anyone use that term before books book seven came out it was literally just like oh thousand sons and custodes are overpowered there's a bunch of people that people perceive have come to the to, to the hobby so that they can play these overpowered lists I'm a little bit like I'm not convinced of that I think that's kind of an illusion that people are kind of coming to but 
but like it's really weird. I think at least in our community, it is. I, I I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but yeah, and we've I think we've been really blessed in our community not to have people like that, you know. Totally, and I think that's that's part of because we set that tone, which is really good. Absolutely. Like we, I think yeah. we've been very vocal about like, hey, we're not interested in that, and I think that most people in our community know that, hey, if you want to be like that, you're probably not going to get a lot of games. So. It's just, you know, unless you're against someone who wants to be like that, right? But when I look at a lot of the, it's, it's even, even beyond all the massive imbalances in book seven, which are a serious issue, but like, even just with like errors in, in the actual writing, it's like, they haven't even given us like an amendment for that, like an FAQ for that, for those very basic things. Like, so I'm just like, what is I'm you know, it's just kind of like, what is going on? Like, it is yeah, a little yeah, worried. I would even, I would even accept like them just putting out a post, being like, we know that there's some issues. And That's we're the thing. On. Yes, like, I just, I just know. want to be reassured. That's it. I just want to be reassured. Like totally. I just want to be told that they're hearing us and that they're working on stuff. Like it, that's all it would take for me. You just want someone to tell you that everything's gonna be all right, John. Totally, and it's and so this whole like just not communicating is is it's I think that's also damaging, and I think that's why a lot of people have this perception that heresy is dying because like Forge World's basically just so tight lipped right now. It's like, and the only thing that we've heard basically is from an, a Reddit AMA saying that like, hey, Alan Bly was working on Eighth Edition Heresy rules, and now they don't know what they're gonna do with heresy because it's like. So it's like, I don't know, man. It's just pick a direction and go there. I think it's also because there's been such a U-turn in in Games Workshop and headquarters with Mm -hmm. them being so vocal. You know, it's changed so much since I came in in 6th edition when they would just not communicate at all to now there's so much communication. And now, like, us over in the heresy community, it's just like, Okay, well, what's going on with us? <laughs> kind of thing. So and this is. I, I seem to. I see. I, I. I think I have a bad, very different connotation now about it, because like yes, we're not getting much reciprocation, but we also have the most, the most in depth and serious group. Like we have podcasts that make their own FAQs. We have community members yes they're doing it and yes forge world should be doing this but if you're a company and that you have to was set up actually where i was headed next to doing things you've just released a whole new edition of a game which is already tomorrow like with age of sigmar they already knew that this could have gone terribly so with the yeah. release of eighth they took what they knew from a doing age of sigmar and realized it was 100 they needed massive amounts of communication so <clears throat> They're 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 focusing on eighth because, as a business, eighth makes them money. And yes, Forge World does need help, and Forge World does need, like, for a horror series, he needs amendments. But they notice that there is a community out there that's doing the work for them. Why the hell would you pay somebody now to do something? Because that... it's because it's good for the health of the game. But and so yes, but it's I, good I for agree on a hand, a but... game of a roster of games. You got, you got yeah, to but it's that. it's their it's their game. That's the thing. It's the one game that they have that is theirs. No, I know, but they, regardless of Forgeal being a sister company or an affiliate of Games Workshop, Games Workshop still dictates what they need to focus on. 
Yeah, they're still yeah. paying the checks. I mean, yeah, they're still paying I mean, the checks. I mean, they're, they're still, they're, they've certainly been supporting Lord of the Rings a lot. Yeah, that's... You know, like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just kind of like, okay, like... Like I, I agree with you on one hand. It's like, yeah, the community can handle that stuff, but the problem is, is that it, you can't, you can't make people abide by community FAQs, and so that becomes a problem because it's literally just like, well, do you want to abide by this FAQ? Like, honestly, if it were, if it were under my control, and I could just say, like, hey, there's some stuff in the, in, in the, in the, in book seven. Like, there are, there are already like FAQ things I would like to just add, like. You've heard me go on about the Presidium Shield a million times. It's like, I would like to write my own FAQ, but whether or not people within our community or another community are going to accept my version of an FAQ or our version of an FAQ is a lot different than Forge World just flat out giving us it. And here's the thing. So really quickly, I do want to give one thumbs up to Forge World, which is a step in the right direction, is the new book has come out. and, and, And though it doesn't address all the issues that I was kind of hoping it would, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I do think it clarifies Absolutely. a lot of things that were a problem, and the fact that they the, the fact that they put out a little mini FAQ for that book is fucking awesome. That made me super happy, and and they've well, not they've officially yet, but but I'm sure it will yes. be right. Yep. But like it, it just and smart everything I think was smart. I, I don't necessarily think graviton imploders needed to have done, but I that's whatever. That's just that's an opinion thing. But like. They they fixed sniper on freaking flamers finally. Who saw that coming? Like and, finally. And blast templates. You can't just throw a exactly. cracker day like, now and get that's awesome. Day. Yeah. So but basically, Ryan, what I'm I, saying. That's great that they're doing that, but like, it's like, okay, well, where's the rest of it? That's as soon as that's I saw it. Like, yes. Where's the rest of it, guys? Like, and I, I love Forge World, but and I love that they've they've now taken the reins and we've got our own rule books, and now we're not. You know, we don't have to rely Ride that on momentum. DW. It's an FAQ. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, you know, know what? I, that I, might just already be in the books. Like, they might have Totally. Because, like, I wouldn't, I, if I was the company, I wouldn't send it on FAQ if I knew it was coming out with a rule book anyways. Because I would come mm-hmm. up with a rule book and do a FAQ of everything totally. after yes. an assessment has been made. Because why it's would just, you do? We still haven't the heard no about reason? it. Though. That's the problem. That's, that's, so that's we, we still have never yeah. had it confirmed that we're getting an FAQ though, and that's well, that's part of the problem. But I, if they could just release a post being yeah. like, "Hey guys, here's the rule book. We're we've heard you. <laughs> yeah. We've got the cakes. Mm-hmm. We've gotten all the cakes. We're gonna you know we're gonna work on this thing." And get it out. That's all I'm saying. I would like, you know, I'm not faulting them. I love the game. Mm-hmm. I don't play enough to really bitch about the rules. I'm not a rules person, but I think it's like we know. For me, that that's something listening. I'm very passionate about. Like, like for me, it's like it's like I'm very like I love playing the game. So it's like very like you know. So but as, here's to 2018. As, as you as a right? person who loves to play the game. You're gonna automatically weed out all the bullshit. That's that is the benefit and kind of the detriment of being a heresy player is that you are already willing to change and adjust what you need to enjoy the game you're playing. You're not some For sure, fourteen year old little yeah. pissant who wants clarification because he wants to rules lawyer's friend. No, totally. It, it, but, it, it, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, 
yeah, I, I guess it's just in a perfect world, we get an FAQ and they'd rebalance book seven and they would address, they would, they would address points, costs of older units and stuff like that. Like, like honestly, that's, I I 100% think it's a reason like with Alan Bly dying, they lost a massive resource because that's all he did was heresy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now they have to like, who's the new guy who's taking it over? No one officially. No, but that's the thing, it. man. Like they, 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 they... yeah, but he's not. Trial? He, yeah, but he's not because Alan Bly's title was game director, whatever. But his job was heresy. This new they guy, need to reach to the community, man. That's the thing. Like they could, they I could get a lot that of their help. If, if they don't hire internally within the next like year or two, they're probably going to have a open hiring for someone for that because. What? I think one of the issues as well, and it's not an issue, it's a good thing, is that Specialist Games has exploded, right? Exactly. Like, I think I think Blood Bowl has, it has sold way more than they were anticipating. We know that Titanicus is coming. Uh, Necromunda you know, is exploding right now as well. Necromunda really as well. Also The Hobbit. Like, you know, we don't play, but there is a rabid fan base, whether people like, like that or not or want to bitch about it, like... There is a rabid fan base. It might not be as huge as we think, or maybe it's way bigger than we think. Well, yeah, because like we, you know, all we, of this yeah. takes takes resources, takes staff resources, and you know, I think who knows what's actually happening behind the scenes. They could be hiring a whole bunch of people that we don't know about. They could be reworking the red sure books so. currently. Um, you know, that would be. I would love to have a new Mechanicum red book. Um, I think it would be great to have another Legion red book be, that would be put awesome. out. Yes. You know, who knows what's I just, going on? I I just wish there was a little bit more communication. Just a we're bit we more. are all very passionate about heresy, right? And it's it's like when you feel like there's a potential that like your hobby is dying, whether or not it's legitimate, but when the the the, the producers of that hobby are not doing much to give you um, reassurance. It's weird. I no. It's, here's it's, the thing: is I've played games that have died, and I, I love them. the The thing that I hated the most was a game that gives you lots of information, like this is coming, this is coming, and then it become lackluster. That's literally why I stopped playing Malfo. They literally pumped us full of awesome information that this is coming, and then when it came, it felt sloppy because they got uh. they, they wrapped them up so so like I would have no information, and they come out with a proper FAQ, then telling us that it's coming, and then rush it due to yeah. community I mean, pressure. And you know what? I'm fairly confident that they'll work right it out too. Yeah, they're having. I'm, I'm fairly date, I, right. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, yeah, I, I heard I a lot about that pushback. I guess with age. I personally like have no problem that book eight's going to take another year or whatever. I'd rather, I'd like the fact that heresy moves slower, that yeah, things only come out. Totally. In There's and, so much uh, totally. more, yeah. Because you don't like, want another book seven either. You want them to actually be able to like look and 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 maybe consider the balance a little bit better and and have less typos and shit, right? Like that's the exactly. other thing have all of the weapons that are listed actually in the book and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I think they I will learn. 
I, th- I think that they will learn. I think that I think that this has probably all been a very big learning experience for them, and I think that it will improve. That's that's my honest opinion. That's my honest belief. Yeah, I, it's just sometimes it's well. hard to like. Sometimes it's hard to focus on that when you see some of uh, you know. There's a little bit of toxicity on the internet right now, as oh, there always yeah, is. Right. I guess, that's, but... that's not gonna like if you're thinking that toxicity is just here now. It's been there since the game started. No, totally, like... it, it totally is. It just feels <laughs> like it's really boiled over. You you now have like heresy players and and 40k players bickering at each other, and now you, you also have heresy players and heresy players bickering at the each other. It's weird. Why is because now GW is so commutative. But now it has made a more of a unified area. It's not <clears throat> heresy players talking to heresy players and 40k players talking to talking to four but 40k players. It's now people talking to GW and GW talking to everybody. Yeah, it's like if a bunch of kids were to complain to the teacher at the same time, the teacher's just going to hear all of it at the same time and have to give no, one totally. decision, which is going that's to that's a vocal off. minority too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess in 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 summary, 2017 was a mixed year, but overall it was a good year. And I think that Heresy is looking up with the new rulebook and stuff. So I think it closed off in a good way, especially with them putting out an FAQ with the rulebook. Um, yeah. yeah. And for 2018, uh, what I'm looking forward to, there's a few things. Number one, it's fucking LVO. I can't wait to go to LVO with you guys and have a good time. It's going to be fucking awesome, especially ever after not having seen you for like four months or whatever, AJ. Um, I mean, four months, dude. It's been, it's been like, like two. Months, but... <laughs> yeah, well, probably three. Left. I didn't. I didn't see you for like two yeah, or three last before you left. The last couple. That's true. It was kind of whirlwind, but yeah, we're gonna have a fucking great time. I I can't fucking. Yeah, wait. totally. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna um, we're gonna fucking bring Chad into the heresy, whether he likes it or not. Fucking short shorts going crazy, bud. All three of us gonna have our <laughs> dick swinging, swinging in the wind. Oh, yeah. I think we uh, hopefully we don't get too drunk and get like Kimmel fucking heart tattoos on our inner thighs. <laughs> I was thinking like a tramp stamp on you, <laughs> <sighs> or just around your belly button. A heart over the, I got heart around the belly button. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and then the next thing would be um, our events. I'm very excited for our events. Um. We've got Lanasy, and then we'll have something after when you get back. We'll we'll be, I, I'm excited about running our own events. AJ's I'm excited about party? doing our own independent <laughs> events. That's going to be awesome too. But that's also not not that's not thirty k really related. <laughs> but yes, that's going to be awesome. Um, and then obviously a huge one is the Dark Mechanicum. I'm feeling super passionate about this army. Really enjoying painting it. I have all these plans and I have plan. I basically, I have three models that I own that are not painted. This will be the first army. I think that I'm going to try to paint as I buy it. And, um, I want to have this army 3000 points completely painted by next Lanasy. That's my plan. And maybe, yeah, I'm not going to say maybe the event before that, but like, I want to. I want to be playing mechanic up the next Lanasy, and then in 2018. But it's going to be. And the other big one is, let's just hope we'll see what happens. But like book fucking eight, give me dark fucking mechanicum, give it to me raw. (laughs) (laughs) I want fill you you with that dark demon engine. 
<laughs> Fuck yes. And there's going to be demons in that book too, which is going to be awesome for like some of the pe- people who've been waiting around like, wanting to be able to play their demons in Heresy. Like that's going to be great for them. Like me. Like you. Yep. Totally. It's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really really hoping that book will add um a uh you know how there's uh, order reductor and there's um cybernetica. I'm hoping that they add a dark mechanicum one which is just like, like demon shit. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's my wishful thinking, and I also hope that they allow me to bring Repressed Scorpion in games. But thankfully, we've got cool guys in our group who will let me probably bring it anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. um, but yeah. That's, um, and, and any uh, any other things, like maybe uh, bringing up your brush group? Skills, oh yeah totally that's another big one is uh yeah doing the ck studio thing is gonna be fucking awesome um i'm really really excited to add that to my repertoire to just become a better painter and also just a more efficient painter and, and a bit faster and just have have things look tighter tidier and yeah i'm I'd, i'm planning to do a lot of my dark mechanicum with the airbrush to get the what to get the white what you're going to do for for your model like you've got to do some yeah i'm sort of thinking i think i'm just going to do a, the sons of horus colors and i do have a cough contemptor and honestly like with what you've been saying i'm sort of i'm definitely sort of like thinking like i hate the cough contemptors like the cancer but like if it's just for me <laughs> le- learning how to a, paint not, it yeah. exactly yeah I can just make it look look all right and like paint it that way and and yeah so use it in big just games. Do a double fist, man. Do a double fist. Yeah. Just do a double yeah, fist. I don't think I don't think I have the second fist, but yeah, I'm probably just gonna yeah, run it easily. as uh, eh. I'm probably just gonna run it with a carry so I can run it as a. Actually, no, maybe yeah, you maybe you're right. That's because it's a cordis, I guess it's a poopy cordis contemptor. Yeah, poopy cordis. I'll trade you. I'll trade. I've got one. I'll trade you. Uh, I'll trade you. A, uh, fist for uh, uh, an assault cannon. I have like to look. Crazy. I don't know yeah. if I have one. I don't remember what I have for it. I actually have to look. I might. I might have two fists. I don't remember. Well, we'll, yeah, I'll figure we'll it talk. out. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, I'm just looking forward to a lot, like all that kind, of, all that kind of shit. It's gonna be awesome. Um, that jazz. Like 2018's looking up. I think. I think with the new rules just dropping, I think 2018's looking really cool because, like. Yeah. Hopefully they'll put it in FAQ and hopefully they have other stuff in the works or, or they're planning to have other stuff in the works that isn't just book eight. Hopefully they're they're planning to to do to overhaul some of the stuff that's sort of collected dust. And uh, well, we, yeah, we know that Dorn's coming out and there's another prime arc coming out as well. They say in 2018, I thought so, Alpharius was supposed to be after Dorn. I thought that they had done sort of I think, both, but... I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think that's been officially announced, but um, yeah, I hope like, so. The, the amount of time that's gone by since they talked about Dorn being out, like he's got to be yeah. nearing completion. Right. I'm, so I've seen enough of those shitty third party Alpharius models to be like, okay, I want to see an actual Alpharius now. Everyone oh, used that it's like ugh, it's not very good <laughs> it doesn't if it, really if it look looks good. anything like the picture in the, the art book. yeah the oh, art's sick i hope he's wearing a helmet i kind of feel like he won't be but i actually hope he's the only primark with a helmet as an option at least because it would it would it would yeah 
But um, yeah. Anyways, so that's that's pretty much for me. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm also looking forward to game day in like a week here. Tales coming up. Yeah. Uh, probably oh, get yeah. like like twelve guys uh, playing at the at the um, university there or at the uh, the college. CDI. Yeah. 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 And I think me and Tail are planning to film our game. I don't, Tails maybe, it depends on how much time I have, because it is, like, how I've been practicing, like, to play a 3,000-point game while recording takes about four and a half hours. Yeah, Fair enough. I thought we were going to do 2,500, but yeah. But even, let me even know. Even 2,500 is still going to take four hours. Yeah. Because you, like, but I'll talk to that about in my year-end and whatever, goobly goop. Yeah. No, it's good though. Um, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to having uh, some some video, some video content. It might not be uh, the most quickly coming out thing, but it would be pretty cool. Yeah, pretty armies on on video. No one likes people that come quickly. Well, it depends. It depends on what kind of lady you are, I guess, or a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well. I know you've got to run for your mandate, so we'll, uh, we'll let you go. And thanks for coming on. And yeah, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for letting yeah, me gush well, about uh, mechanic for like an hour and a half. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. We'll. Uh, I think we will try to have Jan again if we can squeeze in another interview before uh, LVO. And if not, there'll definitely be some uh, drunk recordings. Uh, well, we we have uh, we <laughs> have we're next, we're doing one last show before LVO next week. Yeah, yeah. So we, can I would I would like at the LVO to just be given the recording device at some point so that I can just walk around and and drunkenly ask people questions while they're playing when I'm done one of my games show quickly. Them. <laughs> ask people to show them their bitch tits to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hashtag bitch tits for life. <laughs> all right cool buddy well thanks for coming on and uh and tail will uh will bust into our year in review awesome you guys uh, have all a right. good one all right cool buddy see you guys Peace. i have to finger figure out how to hang up oh, here we go see you guys <laughs> bye <laughs> all oh. right tail uh do you want do you want me to to go first or uh yeah do you sure. want to take it all right, I, I know you're dying. I just died from a coffin fit. I know. Ugh. Buckley's will save you. Uh, I'm, I'm out. You're out? You just drank a whole bottle of Buckley's? Probably about a half. Are you going to start tripping balls? And... No, dude, I do <laughs> no, this. Every time I'm sick, this is what I do. Is that? No, it's not. It's what it, Benadryl. You can't do that with Benadryl. No, you, you get, get messed all... up. Ooh. Ooh. AJ, your face is moving. <laughs> I can feel the right. music. I can feel the podcast. <laughs> You're inside. You're inside me, and that sounds dirtier than I wanted it to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess I'll kick it off here. As as John said, like it definitely has been kind of a bit of a up and down year. Obviously, the passing of Alan was a you know, a huge hit to the community. Um, we won't get back into that because I think we've gone over it enough. Um, I would say, you know, this year was the year that I started Victoria Heresy before you and I started the podcast. And we've gotten three events under my belt, under our belts at this point. Um, I think now that we've 
started the podcast, I'm going to, and once Lannessy is over, I'm going to phase out Victoria Heresy 30K and just, it will just be the bot GT moving forward. It's mostly just because I'm lazy and I don't want to uh, deal with two social media <laughs> platforms. But uh, yeah, starting the podcast with you, man, has been fucking amazing. And, you know, having meeting you and John and like, our friendship has blossomed big time over the last year and it's been, you know, I don't think with, with, without you and John's support, you know, I wouldn't be as, as fucking geared up to run these events and to spend the time that we do on putting the podcast out and spending the time on painting shitloads of terrain and spending all the time putting together the the players packs because it like as we said earlier in the show it's it's basically a second job like it's a lot of time and work that goes into this even that we you know it might not sound like it but it's a lot of time even just thinking about just the thinking time the amount of like tub time that i spend because i most of my heresy thinking is done in my beautiful clawfoot tub what are you doing over there then? Do you have a tub? I don't know. I don't have a fucking tub, man. This is I think honestly, this is part of the reason why I have not been doing as much hobby. Because I don't have the tub time to think about what I'm gonna do or reading about rules and stuff like that. So I can't wait to get back to my freshly the in 2017 got my new tub. It's or it's not new, it's got refinished. So I only got like two two tubs tub times in before after it got refinished so 2018 hashtag tub life you know it's, the the narratives are going to be better because the tub is now better but uh yeah get <laughs> but seriously like starting the podcast and you know having the, the just getting in touch with all the other podcasters across the world and you know, not that I contributed to it a lot, but just the the chat that we have with all of the fucking podcasters. Did you yeah, see? What, I didn't look at. Sorry. Did you see what they changed my name to? No. What? Um, <laughs> the King Beyond the Wall. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I didn't look at it for like the ten days that I was home for the holidays, and I, when I first looked at it, it was like you have seventeen thousand unheard messages it's just like holy fuck just goes non-stop but yeah yeah, all of that has just been amazing like getting to know jody a bit and i'm gonna be uh you know meeting the brang jody and the brangian guys chris and uh and freddie this year when i go up to one of their events in sweden like it's been a really awesome um you know experience of just meeting all these cool people online and you know having you know our community grow so much through the events that we've run like kippers was such a fucking awesome um experience and especially getting more of the guys from the mainland coming over um expanding our expanding our group and now we've got some guys from seattle coming up for lanacy and that's something that i really want to focus on for 2018 like i'd really like to get us to go down you know later in the year to seattle and go to one of david's events and try to drum up some more people to come up to our events and get that bond between our two communities 
forged a little better. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's for me, like on the hobby side of things, I haven't really got a lot done on my personal, um, armies like this year has been the year of the citizen soldier for me of just terrain. That's what I've been working on the most for our events. And, you know, I've been doing, I haven't been doing things dribs and drabs with my Mechanicum. I haven't done a whole lot on my iron hands and that's going to be a goal for 2018, but I really like need to finish things. I've like started a lot of stuff and then just not gotten the finishing touches on it uh, specifically for my Mechanicum. So, you know, that's one of the things I want to focus on, but um, yeah, like just work. I think this year now that we've gotten, um, a good bulk of terrain done or at least enough that I can feasibly store at my house without my fiance killing me, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, and that we, we now are going to institute like the citizen soldier awards at our, our future events. And we've got people hyped on that. And we've got a good community of people um, that are, you know, want to support our events and bring tables uh, to the event so it's not just on us to provide everything like we we can't all be like like David with two sweet hobby rooms and just tons of wicked terrain as much as I would like that um, so yeah you know I, I it's just great that we've had this amazing year of forging an, a wicked community on the island and you know getting our feet wet with with events and I think they're only going to get better and better as we move into 2018. Yeah, it's been, it's the growth of not just our community, but the podcast as well. But like, have you actually given an assessment of how long we've been starting this podcast for? How long is since we put it out? Yeah. Uh, we started in August, didn't we? Uh, let's go check out the SoundCloud right now. Was, see... it, was it July? It was something it's, like that. It's not been long. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. This is great, great radio. <laughs> yeah, episode one, four months ago. And this will be episode 14. So, yeah, we, you know, we're, we're not one for schedules. We no. kind of, <laughs> it's funny though. We, when we originally talked about starting this podcast, it was like, yeah, we'll do it like once a month or something like that. And, you know, two a month. Well, yeah, and at the beginning, it was like once a week. We were just so primed on it. And obviously, me coming over here to Germany has, you know, slowed that down specifically because the the issues with recording and the time difference. But, you know, we're – it's crazy looking at just like our stats on SoundCloud and and the different people and and all these – you know, countries that I would never think that people are listening to us. And they they are, and it's – it's been crazy, like the response we've been getting from not just the not our local community, but like a lot of other communities, and like the appreciation. Um, like running the events has been like so much better as well. Like my favorite feeling right now is when we see other game system people walk over and be like, "What is this? I need to be part of this." Yeah, it's been amazing. Like uh, the whole. I've played a lot of, like, I was talking to John earlier, just, like, I've played a lot of games that have died out, and gamers, they're lazy and they're fickle, and it's been really nice to see, like, a, a very concentrated group. Um, I was actually talking to Filler Up, 
uh, the other day. Fill her up. Fill her up. So um, fill her up had a bad reputation in the 40k community. Which I find really? hard to believe. Yeah. Um, apparently he used to be just like this hard player for people to play against and like people didn't enjoy playing against him and they made like a big fuss and people always talked about, oh, we just, just got a fucking wreck Phil. And like he's, I don't know if he's, he, he like consciously did it or just maybe the the community change has affected him, but he's like the polar opposite yeah, I can't see that at all. <laughs> no, and like, remember like uh, Kalis as well. Remember he talking about talking about how he totally. used to be that hardcore player, and now he's started with the heresy, and it's just a very different scene. And so I'm I'm just really proud of the people who've become in the scene who've either like shed off like past experiences or like someone even like Nico. Nico is is he's an is, is a bit of a net lister. He like he's like so you read as much as possible, making a list. But he was also never a painter, and he's really trying to paint his world leaders. Yeah. And, like, just that change has been super cool to see. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I think it also has to do, you know, just with the game system. And, and maybe, me, not that I want to toot our own, our own horn, but maybe just from us putting it, you know, the, saying these, this is the kind of events that we want to run. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully that's going to continue and that, you know, I, as much as people say, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say that that heresy is kind of elitist. And to those people that, you know, it's like I was listening to RFI earlier this week and Scott, who's coming to uh, coming to LVO, you know, he he say he said what I like. I, I have, you know, I've thought but not wanted to publicly say is, but I'll say it now, is that, like, I'm kind of glad that it's an elitist thing. Like, I don't yeah. want whack people to come into this, into this game system. Like, you know, I like that people spend their times to make beautiful armies and that there is not even like of a, a gorgeous army, just putting the effort to have it. Painted paint it. and base. Just paint it. Like that's yes. literally a requirement for the game. It says it yeah. in the rule books. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. And and that that is somehow we're labeled as elitist, elitist because we want we want painted armies. It's like that's the way the game's supposed to be played. I'm sorry for anyone that disagrees, you're never gonna change my mind on no, that fact. It, and I, I'll play I've played with unpainted stuff, but if you're going to oh, so an event where like the whole point is to showcase your game in the best light and who you are why would you go and do it half ass yeah yeah and and if people don't like that then that's that's cool but i you know i think it's amazing that we've been able to have these events and you know that one of the greatest things for me as an organizer especially now that i'm not playing in the in the events that we're running is to to just walk around and look at all these beautiful painted armies and to just think of how many hours have gone into getting all of these things painted and just knowing that, hey, people have put real, like, I am not the only one that's put effort into putting on this event. Other people have spent yeah. the time, put the effort in to get this done. And that makes me, you know, I might miss playing in some of these events that we're putting on because that was one whole thing of starting these events is like, none of these cool events that I'm hearing about, like on the Eye of Horus or the Brain King Heresy or 
RFI. None of that shit's happening in our community. So let's fucking just do it ourselves. And exactly. I might I might miss out on playing, but that I get a huge uh, like benefit from just going around and seeing all these amazing armies and like that just spurs me on to like let's let's get this bigger and let's get more people that we don't know into the community and yeah it's it's really awesome like we've got a we're really blessed with a, a great group of people that are also helping us out in you know any way that they can like huge shout out to Ironwares Eric for all the help that he's he's put in to help us put this podcast on of creating our logo and helping us with terrain and like yeah it's it's it's, it's really awesome yeah. the community that that's being built and i just hope that we can continue the continue that on to 2018 i completely agree and like the podcast has been doing so well and i want it to do better and better and we're getting like more better audio equipment and things like that to make it better and better like um, for Christmas, my buddy Jake, he got me a smaller soundboard, which I'll be taking to Vegas because, Ooh. yeah, it's like tiny. yeah, we don't want to bring we don't want to bring the car. We don't want to bring car. Like this one, I could fit into my like I my uh, horse bag. It's that small. So does it have two? It's mic got inputs? two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's got two mic in- inputs, and we can just plug it into into your laptop, and we're done. Thick pitch. Then I don't have to bring mine. One less thing for me to bring all the way from Europe. <laughs> yeah, I just forgot to bring that. You just have to bring your mic. That's it. Awesome. Uh, but uh, so like that, that, that stuff to add better like audio quality, and then um, I I really wanted to promote like I want I want us to be not just just a podcast. I want us to be kind of multi platform. I don't. I want us to be um, event runners. I want us to be a podcast. I want to be us to be a media outlet for video. I want us to do maybe a Twitch feed. I want to do live shows where people can see this like video interaction. See our ugly mugs. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to have to wear a shirt. I am wearing a shirt, but not today. You are. Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, but so that's the thing is like, I want us to grow and the podcast we don't directly see it, but we do at the same time. The podcast influences a lot more than just us, like the hero own voices. <laughs> like, people, well, like David coming on and wanting us to promote his his event. Like, that's cool that we can help him do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or obviously plugging our own events and things like that. Just just seeing. The responses from that, like ideally, well, I that's wish... basically how it started was yeah. to plug our own events, and it's it's definitely kind of originally we were just like, oh well, maybe this will last like ten episodes and we'll run out of content, but we we are we not running out of content. content. <laughs> like we've been asked to go on other podcasts, podcasters want to come, like people want to come on our podcast. Um, I've been I've been really trying to branch out and like find people to come on the show, like Matt and things like that, and it's been really cool to. Uh, to, to to have that response and well like so um the other thing with uh for 2017 that i was i've really enjoyed is that just how much harder for heresy i got so i started playing in i guess last no two years now technically two years ago yeah and it was like barely anybody barely anybody was playing i was playing with like nico my buddy rob who was borrowing my army like half my army and this guy jeff in my like garage and we've gone from me playing two and a half people to meeting 20 new people. 
in a two-year span. Um, and, like, seeing people that I played other game systems with <coughs> now playing uh, Heresy and loving it, and it's been great. Um, and I just want to be... Um, and that's so it's been great. Obviously, starting the podcast with AJ has been amazing for 2017. There are some other personal things that I've really appreciated, but I don't think they need to be talked about on the podcast. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like just like uh, just like making a better connection with like my wife, like things like that. Becoming a better, better, becoming a better father. Like people don't care about that. <laughs> I care about that. you. Care about thank you. Um, and yeah, it's like I said, like meeting you and John and stuff like that. Like I didn't know you until Kippers last year. Yeah, well, that was it. No, it would have been that was two years ago. Now it would have been that would have been two thousand sixteen. Was it? At the end of 2016, but that was that was yeah. the start, and then yeah. February was when I ran the first event, and then yeah. basically after that, you were like, "Okay, let's talk about maybe starting a podcast." Yeah, and like that and, that that quick, and like so, I talked to you and John more than a lot of people. Yeah, and John likes to get drunk and get sentimental. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, I want you, you need to like. There must be an app that you can like record phone conversations. You oh, need yeah, to yeah. like start. You need to start recording those when he calls you and send them to me. Well, no, it's just so text. I can... Like I can send you the entire text conversation. Because <laughs> yeah, like, but but it's been really cool. Like uh, just the whole experience. Like, and it's not like I've made friends with you on not just a heresy or podcast level. Like, oh, absolutely. And it's been such a change. Like. I remember hanging out at your place, listening to records, drinking beer with your after eating tacos with your wife, your fiance. Yeah, no, it's shit like that. Shit like uh, that. So it's been really cool. Uh, new friends, new gaming life. Obviously, podcast is going well. The fact that we're going to LVO, like what? It wasn't a split decision, but it kind of was. Well, it wasn't for me. I was, I was just like, all right, now. Now I've got because I went three years ago and I didn't have anyone to go with me, not even in forty k. Because I was I was very much like a, a a closet gamer, I would say at that point. Because I, you know, you know how I like to play. I like to, you know, drink beer and have a good good time. So you don't go to the I'm local playing. store. You don't meet people that way. I don't go to the locals exactly. So like once I found you guys, it's just like okay, this is. This is we're gonna we're, we got to do this and now I'm kind of like fuck we shouldn't be going to Adepticon but you know I know we're still we're still gonna have a fucking amazing time we're gonna well, get we, to, so that's the thing if we had Cat the podcast and- oh yeah we're gonna meet we're gonna yeah we're gonna meet Matt now too and uh, yeah. oh there's like a bunch well, so I met Matt and yeah. I met Cat you're gonna meet them but yeah <laughs> yeah um, but uh, I totally forgot about this people are also messaging me from other. People I know, they're also going to LVO. Like, we should hook up and meet each other. I was just like... Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my God, there's too many people. <laughs> well, it's going to be great just to go and and just mingle with people and, like, meet, you know... I'm super stoked to meet Greg Dan and super stoked to meet Scott from RFI and, you know, just meet... You know, I know that Carl's going to be there. Yeah. You know, and Adon from the Independent Characters and just, like, not only just podcasters, but just going oh. to meet cool people. Oh yeah, you know, and, and oh, the sequel armies, and, and I get to meet Chud. And, me and Chud, yeah, have, and, me and, and Chud then, have bonded apparently. Chud's like a whole other thing. That, that's a whole other topic that we could just spend a whole episode talking about. 
And I shouldn't even say that because it's just going to boost his ego even more than it should be boosted. <coughs> but uh, like when we were talking about today, how about if we're going to be bringing like, you know, nicer clothes to go out like a, you know, a smoking jacket, sports jacket type thing to go out at night. And instantly, I had to confirm with him, like, this means more than just bringing the Yoshi suit. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that attire. It's not, like, nice wear attire. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it'll be fun. Uh, Me and Chad have been planning our, our, our Friday evening. <laughs> I love that you, you meet... It's like you guys are doing this by yourselves. I have a feeling like we're just going to turn around. John and I are going to turn around and you're, you guys are just going to be gone. And it's well, just like we've been working on the pretense that you guys are doing the mega battle. I'm not. John's not doing it. I might not even do it now. I, just, I'm just, totally on just, the Let's just go out and like eat steaks with Vince Neil and. <laughs> <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Yeah. Eating steak with Chad, just in Las Vegas. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so we should just go out on Friday night because that's really the only night we get to do things. Like, do you really want to go out and drink all night after gaming for fourteen hours? Well, I'm not gaming for fourteen hours, but you guys are. Yeah. Thursday night, I I want to go out Thursday night. When we we get there get pretty there. late on Thursday though. I know we're still gonna do it. nothing closes, bitch. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. That's nothing true. closes. Nothing closes. Uh. But, uh, yeah, like, obviously, LVO is something that we're both super looking forward to. I am super stoked to having CK Studios come up in the summer oh, yeah. or July. You know, that's going to be amazing. That's going to really, you know, not only do I get to do it again, but, you know, most of the guys in our in our community are going to be coming out and doing it as well. We're going to be having other people from the mainland coming over. It's just going to be a a super fun event. Like I, I think you and I have to start talking about maybe what we do other, like maybe that, that Saturday night we have like a gaming night or something. If people are down or yeah, yeah, we'll something or something. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like obviously we're going to, you guys are doing Lanasy in April or March, March and yeah. March. Yes. Um, and then we're going to have the, the first major bot GT two day event. Like I'm thinking probably in late September, but that's uh, the Skunk Works is is in effect right now for that. I'm super stoked for that event and trying to get, you know, more people from the mainland, more people from uh, Nanaimo, people that you've been feeding crack to to get into heresy. Oh yeah, to feed hard. You know, get. I'm really hoping that David will be able to maybe make it up from Seattle and bring some of his crew for that. We'll, um, we'll get on. You know, we'll get him on the podcast and just like scream at him for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no scream. Maybe if it's recorded at LVO, there'll be some screaming. But... <laughs> um, yeah, you know, obviously we've got Book 8 coming down the pipeline, hopefully in 2018, maybe early 2019. Uh, but just seeing where the heresy goes in the next year uh, is something that I'm super stoked for. And, like, as I said, like, you know, I'd really like to see more... Um, GW support for the heresy in general, whatever that means, you know, take that as you will. And I'm not talking about models, uh, same as what John was saying. Um, and I feel like it's going to happen. Like, you know, they just had that really long um, uh, survey of, you know, what gamers want to see. And it was long and in depth. And, 
and I know that there is a big push from some of the other 30k podcasts to go ahead and fill those out and and make your voice heard and and let's hope that we see some of that that stuff and like Titanicus is going to be coming out which God help me when it comes out and you know that we're we're going to start incorporating some G into into uh, some events and get that going like I'm you know. 18 is just nothing but the up and up. Yeah, 18 is just going to be a great year. Um, hopefully, we. Uh, we're, I want to start so much. I want this podcast to grow and grow. I want it to become something more than it is right now, and which is not saying it's not amazing right now, but I want this thing to grow so much that we can't even handle it with just us anymore. Okay, so now that we've talked about... We... T- Talk, you know, what we're in 2018, some of our goals for 2018. Now, I'm going to, before you answer. One sec, man. You're growing. Cup, 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 cup. <laughs> and a year from now, not crazy. Okay, calm down. Calm your tits. The internet's choppy right now. I don't know why. You're going to buy. Oh, yeah. Is that better? Hello. 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 Technical difficulties. <laughs> Shit. Okay, we're back. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Damn I you, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Damn you, Zuckerberg. So, what you were that. saying? What were you saying again? Okay. So now that we've talked about 2017, we're looking forward to 2018. I want to talk about just briefly, what are some of your goals of 2018? Now, before you answer, we're going to go back next year and we're going to re-listen to this and see (laughs) what we have talked about and if we've actually hit said goals. So you can go first or I can throw down a couple things. uh, I'll go first. It's fine. All right. You go okay, first. so my, my goal for 2018 is to make a podcast better than its sum of parts. I want to get visual media. Um, um, I want to get uh, live media, Twitch feeds, things like that. I want the podcast to grow, and I'm putting a lot of effort and uh, time and money into making sure that we can do that. Other goals for 2018 is I want to start a third 30K army. Uh, one, I don't quite know yet. But I know that I want to make sure that whatever army I start, I want to use the skills that I'll hopefully be also learning in 2018 of painting skills to make that army yeah. more beautiful. Um, <clears throat> lastly, I want to... The airbrush. The airbrush. Yes. Airbrushing and paint work and like brushwork as well. Um, the last thing is, is I want... my One of my bigger things I want is to figure out a way for local stores to support... Horse heresy more. It's a it's a very right. it's 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 a very hard thing to do right now, uh, because Forge World doesn't obviously sell the books. Like the, a store cannot get its the rule books at any discounted rate, so they literally make no money selling those rule books. At yeah. a business standpoint, what store is going to want to do that? So, my goal is to figure out a way or a consign or something to make sure that. Local stores can get in and sell heresy items 
to promote the hobby. So most of my 2018 has nothing to do with my personal hobby game. It has more to do with growing the game, growing us as a media outlet. All right. So I will then do the opposite of that because <laughs> this year, this past year has been more about me growing our community and doing terrain and running events and not that any of that's going to, going to stop. But now that I've got, you know, a good chunk of terrain, I really want to focus on getting some of my personal hobby more completed specifically like getting a good, you know, iron hands force fully painted and start actually playing with them. Um, which I'm going to hopefully get a little help from you and John in terms of maybe putting together some different list ideas than what I'm currently looking at. Um, as well, getting finishing my Emperor's Children BFG fleet and getting the other, once I get back to Canada and have access to my airbrush, getting the like Imperial fleet um, that I've got back home painted up so we can start playing some BFG games and incorporating those into um, some of our events if people want to use them. Um, and then with book eight coming and demons being um, introduced into that, I do have, I will say probably my favorite painted army I've ever done is my Nurgle demon army. So I think with now some of the new, not that I'm super hot on, a lot of the new demon stuff, Nurgle demon stuff that was just announced over the weekend um, or over the holidays. Um, I definitely want to expand that, getting some more uh, like plague drones and getting that new uh, great unclean one because it's fucking beautiful. Uh, and expanding that and just having, you know, not I don't need a lot. I, I, I've got quite a bit already, but maybe picking up a uh, start collecting box and, you know, maybe that Nurgle or that great unclean one and a couple extra Nurglings and just kind of expand that force a little bit so that when demons drop, I've, I've got that at the ready, got like a trader army that I can, I can eventually use. And, uh, and we'll see what, ha you know, obviously finishing up some of my, um, I'd really like to finish my Ordinatus and a couple of the vehicles that I have. I, I really want to, as much as I'd like to start a third army, I think what I really need to focus on is completing what I have. Because um, that was one of my, my goals when I got back into the hobby is like, don't buy more than what I can paint. And I've definitely broken that. And I'm sitting on quite a lot of stuff. So I'd like to get just more of my personal stuff painted. And, you know, I, I still love painting terrain. So I'm sure I'll paint a few things here and there. But really, I think 2018 is going to be more about getting, you know, some of my personal armies painted up and uh, trying to play more. So, and then finally, I think we should just stop fighting about Chud so much. I think that will probably get ironed <laughs> out after the LBO. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an awesome year. I'm really, really looking forward to where things are going to go personally in in my hobby and as well with the podcast and our events and just growing our community more than we have already in 2017 yeah that's i and i think it's funny thing both of our efforts will be growing our community which i think is really cool like yes you'll be concentrating more on what you're painting but 
just seeing people that us posting that stuff up will make people want to do more. And then me, the idea of obviously doing video content and stuff that will also get people more intrigued to do stuff. Well, that's why, like, if we're if we're doing more video content, like, I want to get, you know, not that I'm going to do dirty whore paint jobs uh, <laughs> on mine, but just get more stuff so painted so I, I have more opportunity to take different lists. And, you know, I don't want us to do video content and I'm just bringing the same old shit every single time. No, so. exactly. So that's, that's, that's the whole thing is we're going to get more people. And, like, just doing the video content, people are going to want to paint better just because they're going to be on video. Exactly. And it's not just going to be you and I, right? It's no. going to be, we'll be asking other people to, uh, to come in and, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be awesome to see what the year brings. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, me too, man. It's going to be a good one. And I can't, I can't wait for, you know, what are we? We're, it, we're, we're like two, three weeks away from LVO. Like we are, Fuck, I'm excited. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, we, well, we've been, this is going to probably be one of our longest episodes yet. Yeah, it is not. It's, uh, we're, we're 17 episodes away, uh, 17 days away until LVO. Oh, boy. So, oh. so, yeah. So, 17 days until we see each other. Can't wait, man. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be ridiculous. Hopefully we don't get too drunk on the plane ride down. I'm I'm <laughs> trying to figure out something we can play on the while we're at a three-hour layover in Seattle. Um, I've been trying to well, find the Horse Hersey card game. Oh, yeah. Okay. But like, as long as... Good. As long as it's not like games in the men's bathroom, then I, I'm down. No, no, no. <laughs> well, maybe. We got maybe, three yeah. hours to hey. kill. Yeah. Let's not rule anything out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. All right. We will. I think, I think, uh, I think that's probably it. Like for, for this segment, we I... should, we should come back and quickly, very quickly close the show out so I can. Go to bed because it, it is a school night. What time? And, what night is it? Yeah. What time is it right now? Well, it's nine. It's like almost ten o'clock. I haven't yeah. had dinner yet though. So no, like I've I've had like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and it's almost one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's land this pig, and we'll uh, come back and close out the show. Yeah. just gonna uh, i guess close the show because we're exhausted now we are so we'll go quickly through this uh you can find us on facebook and instagram we have now changed the instagram it's no longer victoria 30ka it's now the bot gt on instagram so check us out on there we're also um boys of the golden throne on facebook um we are going to stop plugging victoria heresy because we will slowly be facing that out and moving content onto the boys of the golden throne facebook page uh we have the lbo it is very soon a couple weeks away we still have tickets for all of the heresy events so whether you want championships whether you want the narrative which we are running or the mega battle go and get your tickets now don't come. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be awesome dudes to hang out with. 
Um, we've also got a cup. I think there's only like two spots left for the CK Studios class in Victoria that is happening in July. Um, so check out CK Studios on Facebook for more information. If you want to join us in Victoria for that amazing two-day hobby airbrush workshop. Uh, we've also got Lanasee tickets. Lanasee is happening March 10th through 11th. Um, tickets are on sale now, um, and we will have um, more information about that in the future. Uh, there's a couple small things that we need to iron out before we release the player pack. So. That should be coming out very soon. We also uh, check out the War Corgi YouTube channel. Uh, we've got my little video battle report up there if you want to check it out. Uh, I will be going and doing a recording and playing another game uh, with them next week. So um, we'll have a little segment with them probably airing after the LVO. So stay tuned for that. And I think that's it from me, Teo, unless you've got anything else you want to throw in there. Uh, not that. Oh, just the uh, the Firex stuff, remember? Oh, well, of course. Yeah, We're yeah. going to be playing the Firex commercial. But uh, obviously, thanks for to David and uh, to John for coming on this episode. And uh, we'll definitely, you'll be hearing more from from John and the in the upcoming weeks and we'll be getting asking david to come back on after the event but uh if you're interested at all in the taking of uh Firex, uh like david said send them an email flyingmonkeygt uh at gmail.com and get on that wait list people always end up usually a couple people always end up uh canceling due to life events so uh you know if it's inter the the terrain this event is going to be awesome like we need oh, yeah. to step up our game. Oh, so, yeah. you know, if you want to be part of an amazing event and you're in that area, or if you've got some money and you want to fly to an amazing event, go and check it out. Uh, check out the Facebook page. We'll put some links in the show notes. And yeah, I think that is it from me from uh, the European correspondent over here in Germany. <laughs> what about awesome. you, buddy? That's it. I'm all done. I'm going to go uh, hang out with the girls and tidy my house and see you in 17 days. I can't wait, buddy. I can't wait, buddy. All right. See you, bud. Talk to you later. See you, Peace. everybody. Bye.